podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate Valley. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode 367 of Film Bastards. My name is Ian Loring, and as always, I am joined by Becky Foster. Hello, everybody. And Matt Foster. Hello, everybody. My word, we've got hashtag content for you today. My fine feathered friends. What have we got? We've got Hubie Halloween. Oh, yes, we do. We've got Akira. We're going to be doing a retro review of Akira to tie in with its new 4K restoration that came out in UK cinemas last week. We've got Saint Maud. I almost forgot that we had Saint Maud. That's how busy a show we've got. Becky did did forget we have Saint Maud. No, we did not. No, we've spoken about it. Yeah, maybe that's where I'm getting confused. My word. Um, hang on. Has the iPhone got another fucking camera? I'm. I will be honest, folks. I am watched. Also, got the Apple event on on a window with subtitles on, no dialogue, and apparently there's a new wide camera, but I don't know whether that means a fourth lens because that's fucking mental. Anyway. What else have we got? It's LFF, LFF week two. We've got a review. We've all seen One Night in Miami, I think. Becky, you saw it? Yeah, did. Yeah. Indeed. And um, I think that's the only one that we all saw, I believe. I haven't watched any of this. Yes. Yes. Um, but we shall talk through some stuff. Um, we've got we've got breaking news, which we'll get to in a minute. We've got trailers. We've got questions. We got fucking everything. You wouldn't you wouldn't think cinema was a a apocalyptic wasteland, which is currently dying on its ass, would you? With all that, Not my god, it isn't. 
my God, give it a couple of weeks and maybe. But for now, we're good. You know, Odeon, they're going to run out of money by the end of the year. Let's release some films, please. Um, You know, but hey. Odeon literally can't close even if they wanted to. (laughs) Why? Because they're broke. This, yeah, I mean, it would just be admitting defeat. But let's see what happens. Liam Neeson's Honest Thief is out next Friday. People want to see Liam Neeson. Yep. I want to see Liam Neeson. Do you know what you can't see in cinemas, though? The Witches was supposed to be getting a theatrical release. It's now coming to premium video on demand in the UK. Look out for a review of that in a couple of weeks. But breaking news. Over to Mark in the copter. Break. News, uh, folks. Uh, so Ian has for long, and I think uh, me and Becky agreed with, with him. We all predicted uh, that Netflix would buy Coming to America. Coming to America. And it seems like they've been gazumped because Amazon <laughs> paid 125 million for a movie that had VOD written. All the fuck over it. I how we've worked out what are willing to pay for that. Like, how do they go, yes, that's going to add up. I literally think Jeff Bezos Googles how much did Jeff Bezos make this week and then decides to bid that. I mean, I think Jeff Bezos probably made more than 125. How much did Jeff Bezos make on Wednesday? (laughs) His Wednesday afternoon income is what he spends on films for Amazon Prime. Yeah. So, yeah, it's coming to Amazon Prime on uh, the 18th of December. Um, literally, no one will know it is because the algorithm will have it hidden um, somewhere in comedies from the 80s that you'll have to find at some point during February. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's coming to that. So, Ian, thoughts? I mean, $125 million is not chump change. Um, that is some serious getting our dicks out on the table. We want this film. We want it hard. We want to come to coming to America. And I could not be more excited. Um, Let's go. It's a week before Christmas. We're all going to have a few drinky poos. Let's get going with a bit of coming to America. You know, we, like Mark said, we knew for months that fucking thing wasn't coming out in the cinema. And here we go. We could do a drunk first watch commentary of it. Can't do a first watch commentary. We could do. We can. We chaos. It would be chaos. We could do we could have just after review like we did with uh Joel Mate is my name. <laughs> oh, that was fun. We all watched it on an iPad at like nine o'clock in the morning before Joel's wedding. I got through a lot of beers during you did actually, that. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, it's what a treat. What a fucking treat. I'm, you know. I'm, 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 I'm already very much looking forward to it. I'm, I'm just, it, like you say, it's a week before Christmas. It, that's going to be a right tonic that we just need at that point, I think. Yeah, I mean, th- but the thing is now, it's how does Netflix respond? Because I think Red Notice was supposed to be the one, um, but that fucker was still filming a couple of weeks back. Obviously, COVID's like scuppered it. Um, you know, it's 
what do they do now? Because I would have said Netflix buy A Quiet Place too, and have it be a big fucking Netflix Christmas blockbuster. But I don't think that's going to happen because it's Paramount. You know, if 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 Paramount are, are willing to fucking, oh Jesus Christ, the new iPhone Pro is going to re- record video in Dolby Vision. Anyway, that's mental. Um, so um. Yeah, how do they respond? I mean, like, the thing is, it's fuck you, Amazon. Oi, Warner Brothers, here's a billion dollars. Can we have Wonder Woman, please? I mean, you know, obviously not going to happen, but, you know, I mean, it's 250 million, they'll buy three guys. Isn't the highly anticipated Christmas Chronicles 2 coming out this year, though? Oh, fuck yeah, man. That's in November, though. We're talking week before Christmas, Bex. Come on. That's coming out in November? Yeah. What stupid timing! Well, well, no, I mean, like, if it, you know, people are feeling Christmassy. Yeah. In you November, really... I don't, I don't allow myself to watch Christmas movies until December anyway. I'm fairly sure that we have had this kind of conversation in the past, Bex, and you can fuck off, and especially in a year like this one, Christmas can fucking start november 1st there, there, there are there are companies at my uh, shopping center at the moment who have started putting in their christmas windows seriously yeah oh, may I as well feel like we should just let it slide by without any kind of it, attention it, it's it. almost like they're going look if we're gonna have a christmas window we all know we're gonna get locked down for christmas let's put it in now so we get some use out of it i mean what why not you, you know what I mean? It's like, just uh, fuck it. Just go ahead. Just go ahead at this point. You know, let's get Halloween out of the way. And I, I you know, I don't even begrudge um, um, shops doing it now. You know, let's just have, I don't know. Let's have a bit of fucking joy. The world has been so fucking rough this year that if people want that, like the Christmas, like good time feeling to last two months, fucking go on then. Cause it's not going to get any better in January. So let's just have a, let's just have a couple of months. Just feels like forced fun at this point, right? I will take some forced fun right now, though. Oh, fucking... It's, be- yeah. it's better than abject misery. Yeah, but that abject misery will still just be under the surface of the forced fun. Yeah, no, but at least we'll be having a bit of fun. Uh, you could just... Yeah, I mean, God, just try and do your best to hide it, innit? It's, um... <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. Like, if... There is a film I will talk about LFF film that I'll talk about later. I was watching it and was thinking, that's not a bad idea, that. I'm not going to do it. The film is another round. I obviously wouldn't do it, and you'll understand why when I I, I talk about that film. Um, but it is just like, I need some way of artificially injecting some joy into my fucking life right now. And coming to America and Christmas being two months, that'll do it. That'll do it. Fucking, do you know what? I'm really looking forward to Borat 2 next Friday. Fuck it. I need something to laugh at for an hour and a half. Come on. Hopefully. Borat 2. Sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't work out what you'd said. Yeah, Borat 2. Now, also, some slightly breaking news. Um, Anya Taylor-Joy has confirmed on her Instagram this evening that she will be Furiosa for George Miller. But also, who else is going to be in Furiosa? Chris fucking Emsworth. And that uh, the Yahya Abdul-Mateen gentleman, who is the lead in Candyman. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. I'll look forward to that getting released in 2027. <laughs> no, mate, they'll be they'll be injecting that straight into our fucking cerebral cortexes in in 2023 at this rate. It'll be getting edited into people's brains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that one U2 album that you couldn't escape from on your iPhone. Songs of Innocence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, which simultaneously became the most downloaded album of all time at, the, at that time because you couldn't not download it. And then also got the record for the quickest deleted album of all time. You couldn't delete it for a while. I thought there was like a thing on it. Like a 24-hour period where you couldn't delete it, yeah. Yeah, and then you had to fill in a form. You had to fill in an e-form to get it deleted. Yeah. Fucking amazing. I mean, that really backfired as a publicity stunt, that, didn't it? Yeah, it, it was. It was. It was like it was literally like it, it was the definition of a bunch of guys going, "We know what's hip." We know what's cool. You all like the U2, don't you? And it's like, no. Fuck you, Bonner. We don't like you too. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure this was the last time that Apple had a, li- a live music event like during one of their fucking keynotes was that. That's yeah. funny. That, it, it's like when a few years ago the FA went, oh, we're going to have a musical app before and during halftime at the FA Cup final. We've got a real good band for you guys. Here's Hard Five. What? Oh, were they uh, living oh, for the weekend? We've gone back in time. <laughs> oh, those stars of CCTV. <laughs> yep. Stars <laughs> of CCTV is a great album. It's actually not bad, is it? But <laughs> it's, a, it's a good album. If you go back and listen to it now, you go, Christ, this album's terrible. But in the year it was released, it was fine. My Spotify time capsule was just made up of Britpop bangers. It's amazing. I mean, the feeling was only there. Feeling, yeah. yeah. So I, I don't think you're getting Britpop bangers. No, but there are. Oh. That is just not one of them. I remember one of the most packed festival gig like sets I ever went to was for the fucking Pigeon Detectives. <laughs> the Pigeon Detectives. <laughs> oh, they played. I think it was the John Peel tent at Glastonbury, and it was wow we was that thing over uh, like overflowing a, a friend Crazy. was um, John went to school uh, with one of the pigeon detect or two of the pigeon detectives uh, and so they used to uh, go to his bar quite a bit so uh, we ended up drinking a few times didn't we they were thoroughly boring men mm. I mean I was, watched, I was watched one of them do his hair in a spoon for about 10 minutes before everyone went seriously dude it's fucking dark. In a spoon, like as a reflection. Yeah. I, I heard with a spoon and Ariel from Little Mermaid was right in my head. No, he was just there looking at the reflection of a spoon. He was doing his hair for ages. <laughs> just reacted very strongly to your singing there, Ian. <laughs> He's blowing his mind. What the fuck is that? That's our cat's voice. Uh, I forgot I was hosting, but I'm glad that I made your cat react. So <laughs> let's move on. Oh, I am going to be very toasty by the end of this recording session, folks. Let me tell you my word. Um, trailers. I want to talk about a trailer that I hope you guys watched because I said <laughs> did you watch that thing. Yep. Who wants to see Nicolas Cage basically play the Christopher Lambert role in Mortal Kombat while he gets a load of combatants together to fight 
uh, alien jujitsu master who they all have to defeat. Otherwise, he's going to take over the world. I who, do. Who, who, who has distinctively predator-like <laughs> motives mm-hmm. and agenda. Yes. 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 And I do. Yeah. I happily watch that. Just for the amount of times, even in the trailer, and the weird way that Nick Cage says, jiu-jitsu. <laughs> Like, like the word has blown his mind. Like someone like, like, like said, so the film's called Jiu-Jitsu, and he's gone, what is this? And then explains to me, he's gone, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Have we talked about the fact that apparently they're making a National Treasure 3? Uh, they, they, they've been apparently making a National Treasure 3 for a good over 10 years now. No, but it's, it's been getting more traction again recently. Yeah, because loads of people have watched National Treasure and National Treasure 2 on Disney+. Plus. Fucking great in the National Treasure movies. Yes. Jiu-Jitsu Becky. I, it looks fun. I'll fucking watch that. It, it, it does look like Highlander levels of that shit. It, it also does look like it was filmed on like a hundred, hundred yard square set that nobody went off during the entire bit of it. But it's going to try and pretend it was filmed all over the place. I'm interested to see Nick Cage as like the the sage wise kind of guide like i'm I'm excited to see what he does with that how he makes that mental yeah he'll just play it as nick cage he'll just play it as as every so often he'll get mildly annoyed and go and then repeat what he's just said to somebody (laughs) oh i do love nick cage have you seen have you seen the pictures of him out and about this week in his pink jacket yeah it's fucking incredible good time yeah, it's a style icon. It literally is that that jacket. There is no question that he bought that jacket from QVC at about two in the morning mm-hmm. on his own and just went that that I must have that I must have that and was ringing up trying to dial for it. Rang up QVC and they went, "No, you 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 order it online, Nick. We keep telling you this. You don't need to ring us anymore." And he never actually specifies what it is that that is. He just says, I must have that. I must have that. So they just send him whatever is on screen at that point. <laughs> yeah. How many uh, glass cut crystal glasses he's got? Just loads. Yeah. He's got a room of them. Yeah. Yeah, but he's not allowed in it, apparently, what I would say. Yeah. yeah. Just in case. Sorry. Sorry, two ticks. My sister just texted me. Um, I'll just be a sec. Uh, so, what else have we got trailer wise? I think not a lot has come out trailer wise. Um, did you watch the trailer for that Monster Hunter, Becky? I did not. Me neither. So, yeah. I've been doing a lot of playing Resident Evil and watching The Haunts and Fly Manor. Which you haven't finished yet. Uh, either of them. There's the Fat Man trailer. Not watched that either. No. Yeah. Uh, we can't just watch what Mank until Ian gets back because, you know, it's Mank. Did you watch the Mank trailer? Yes. What? Yes, I did. What's up? I feel bad for admitting that I watched it without you, but... Oh, right. That's the fucking way it is. Yeah. Well, I asked when I got home today. Is there any trailers to watch? And you were like, no. Because just it seems like there isn't, because film doesn't exist. I mean, there's the Mank trailer. Well, yeah. But, but you didn't know that I'd seen. Yeah, all right. 
Yeah, we have to fill, thank you, Edwin. I can't fill. You have to fill. I fill. can't. No, I can't. Why was I being mean to you? I don't think I was. Yes, uh, Fat Man, yeah. Um, uh, uh, wow, okay. Um, I mean, it kind of just... I do want to see Walt, Walton Goggins hunt Mel Gibson as Santa Claus, but I kind of feel bad that I want to see Mel Gibson as Santa Claus. I don't know. Like, It looks like the kind of fun that mel gibson maybe shouldn't be having on screen i i i I don't know i'm very conflicted on that one yeah i i i can see yeah i can see why it's a if mel gibson wasn't problematic i think everyone would be very excited about oh fuck yeah 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 however mel gibson is problematic i thought everyone has collectively decided to just ignore that and give him a second chance it's 2020 okay there are no second chances okay um alcoholism is an illness uh but not for mel gibson um okay i i i I, I, it's not to, to be fair it's not just the alcoholism though is it like it's he said some not nice things about people who don't deserve those not nice oh, things. I, 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 I agree, but I think that there is, as I always say with these things, and I agree that Mel Gibson is very problematic, but there's always selective problematic people out there. It's amazing that people still fucking worship the ground that Stanley Kubrick walks on, yet if you look at the way that he treats a lot of the people around him, oh, mm. oh, roll down. like a lovely half hour on Thursday or Friday last week whenever it was when it kind of felt like everybody just came together and said yes I will watch this thank you very much when can I have it in my eyes <laughs> um, I just fucking go on then you know everything I'm hearing about this film it just I just yes please you know um, it's I don't know. It's it's interesting because um, I, you know, I uh, thankfully due to how LFF has felt very very kindly on me this year. Um, by this time next week, I think I would have seen all the Oscar botherers apart from Mank, which is like actually very exciting to kind of be on that that side of it so early on this year. Um, but it does feel like the Mank is going to be the one ring to rule them all, almost. Um, you know, I think we'll talk about One Night in Miami later. I think that that film, Re- Regina King, very, very accomplished debut. I'm not entirely sure she'll get a Best Director nomination, but fuck, I hope she does at some point in her career. Um, 
and you know uh trial of chicago 7 will be reviewing next week and it, it kind it kind of feels like that nomad land i'll be talking about next week um chloe Zhao for that aaron sorkin david fincher spike lee a n other for best director this year it kind of I, I, it kind of feels like is it fincher versus lee regardless of the films just because of the one of them probably deserves this at some point um, yeah, it, 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 it does feel like this could be Fincher's time. Also, it could be it, it, it could be the time where he gets he gets a passion project that lands right. Because so far, his passion project and his career have been Benjamin Button and Zodiac, and then this. Yeah, yeah. And so that's magnificent, but it didn't land right. Yeah, it did. Yeah, commercial failure. Um, it, came out it, the wrong time of year as well. Yeah, it, it, it just it, it, it didn't. It didn't sit right with people. I think it was it, it was an age before people were people were going. Do you know what? Yeah, we'll go to the cinema for uh, two and a hours, forty minutes. Mm. So and as well, it, it just it was that period where if if you were a fifteen or an or an eighteen, literally the the cinemas were treating you like you were fucking poisonous. So they weren't <laughs> fucking showing you. Yeah, um, I had. I, I I had to go to um, I had to go to what one of the bigger cinemas in the Bristol area that had lots of screens because Zodiac just wasn't playing in the smaller ones. Um, because I mean, it, you know, it was a time where Robert Downey Jr. was one of the leads, and he this was pre Iron Man, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it was. So you know, it, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, the, the thing is, gone. The, the the thing is, um, with the way that like I said, it, it was. If you weren't a 12A, cinemas didn't give a shit almost at that time of the year because it was released. It wasn't released around the awards season time. Not thankful. Um, and it wasn't thankful. It, it wasn't really until um, literally by sheer force of will, the hangover made a fuck ton of money that studios started going, oh, hang on a minute. So people will go to the cinema without their kids in, in, in summer. Holy shit! Yeah, and literally that—that's why you end up with you know, literally no. There's a lot of movies where you can trace it back to certain things, and no hangover. There's no Deadpool. No Deadpool. There's no Logan. Mm. You know, no Logan. There's no Joker. Um, so there's, there's there's different bits that, that do that, but yeah, that's what happened with Zodiac. It just didn't land. And Benjamin Button was three hours long. People didn't really understand it. It looked fucking creepy, and people were bored. Really I'm looking forward it. to rewatching it. I haven't seen it, uh, but it, it's it's the one I'm, I'm most curious about rewatching for if we do when, when we do this finish bit. Which is ironic because it's called the Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Yeah. I mean, the, the interesting thing about the Oscars this year was funny. I saw a, people being annoyed about an article saying, "Oh, maybe they should just cancel the Oscars this year." And of course, they fucking shouldn't cancel the Oscars this year, but. It sure. will. How Spencer Confidential going to get that fucking Oscar? <laughs> I mean, it 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 will be the least watched Oscars of God knows how many years because oh oh fuck me right the iPhones just announced something that may actually make me fucking buy it. Fuck 
fuck i knew they were going to do that right uh sorry i am gonna not have that browser open anymore um oh i just expanded it no don't show me the lovely accessories fuck off sorry guys um no it's going to be the least um watched um oscar ceremony for fucking years but it's the one that's probably gonna like have critical consensus matter the most because we're not necessarily going to know how popular a film actually is with the people you know even though netflix could probably come out and say oh x million people watched trial of the chicago seven but it's not going to sound that impressive compared to hubie halloween um so maybe they shouldn't um but with mank apparently it's in mono it's black and white but digital which is bizarre like just the kind of like the old and new meshing together um and it, it is fincher's passion project it was written by his deceased dad um you know gary oldman in in the lead and it just feels like if Fincher is going to have one of his passion projects do well at the Oscars, one where commercial success isn't necessarily going to be any kind of bar people are considering and a film about the film industry, it, it's going to be ticking people's boxes as long as the film is good. You know, I mean, like there is, I suppose there is a concern that it could be self-indulgent, but watching the trailer, it looks like it's going to be fucking entertaining. Um, but technically really accomplished as well. So it, thank it, you. It's, yes, please. It's, um, it's only just over two hours. So, which is fantastic. We, we, you know, it, it, it has claimed two hours, but it's only two hours, I think 10 minutes or 11 minutes, something like that. So you can't, I can't see it being overindulgent at that runtime. If it was, if it was Fincher basically having free reign of Netflix going, do whatever you want, like what happened, uh, previous year with uh, Scorsese with the Irishman. If it had come in at 178 minutes, you'd be there going, "All right, I'm a little bit, but there could be some self-indulgence here." I'll happily indulge in uh, in Dem Fincher, but I think that's it, it's one of his shorter films. I find the cast a little off-putting. How so? I don't like him on the same three. Still not forgiving Gary Oldman for doing that Churchill film. And Lily Collins is massively overrated, so. Yeah. It just. But it's Fincher. He's casting them for all for a reason. He's not being told to cast these people. So it's like. He thinks they're they're right for the role. Let's see what they can do. And also, to be fair, Bex, if you don't like Lily Collins, just think about how many takes Fincher probably made her go through for all her scenes. That will cheer you up. <laughs> I don't dislike her. I just don't. I don't think she's as great as people like to make out she is. I quite like Lily Collins. But we've already established, and uh, present company excluded, that's one of the things that draws Mark to women. Yep. Yep, that's a bit crazy. A bit of, crazy, a bit of redheadness. Yep. Yeah, everything that I'm not, so I'm a delight <laughs> and a brunette. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> you feel the fucking love. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, but I mean, it, it'll be... I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting because I mean, it's almost like all of us 
by the time Mank comes out, we'll have seen pretty much all the big contenders and whatnot. But the, I don't know. But saying that though, the exciting thing, slight tangent, is the fact that I think the Oscar like consideration period's been extended to like February or something like that. Yeah. So like, I don't know if Biden gets in. And the US is somehow able to do a couple of months of, right, fucking take this seriously. You've now got someone in charge who actually cares. Then who knows what the situation might be like in January. And let's see what comes out then. Biden doesn't actually technically, wouldn't actually get in till. You're right. Yeah, why do they do that? Because in America, they have the Electoral College. So what you actually, you don't actually vote for the president. You vote for your representative to then nominate their choice for the president. So, and they always nominate within party. So that's how it works. The Electoral College essentially choose the president. Seems a bit bollocks, isn't it? Well, th- th- a big thing, if, if um, as I understand this, and American listeners, please at me to say, no, you're fucking wrong. Uh, but if Biden gets in, they would control the House, the Senate, and um, the White House, and the presidency. So if they control all three of those, they are very one thing they very much want to do is get rid of the electoral college, so it just goes onto the popular vote, so that we don't end up in the shitstorm that was the past four years again. Because you know, yeah, Clinton would have been in if it was the if it was the popular vote, wouldn't she? Yeah, she got three million more votes than than Trump. Well, we, I mean, our system's stupid as well. Oh, our system is basically a version of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's how we're with the thing that we've got now, but let's not get into that. Anyway, um, all right, well, never mind then. But yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's just I don't know. It's a very it's just self indulgent as shit. But it's a very very fucking odd feeling. Feeling like I'm in October, the Oscars are in April, and have almost seen basically everything that will probably be considered for Oscars I by the end of October. I, so I weird. Something, something's going to end up coming out of the fucking, what is it? I fucking hope. I hope I so. Is it, is it, which one's the, I keep forgetting, is it, is it the Black Messiah? Ah, oh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, Judas when's that coming? Oh, shit. Uh, um, I think that could be the one. Uh, it's not yet, what is it, but I think it's supposed to be early next year that yeah, they, they that that motherfucker can platform in the US in in January and get in no problem as long as um, cinemas in New York and LA are open. But um, yeah, that's a great shout. Um, cool. Okay, uh, have we got any more trailers? No. Okay. Sorry. We'll do LFF coverage later. Um, let's talk about Saint Maud. Dear God, here is Amanda. Well, you know that. Thank you for bringing us together, Lord. And thank you for this meal, which we gratefully receive. Bless Amanda's body, which is hurting now, but has done so many wonderful things. And bless her mind, which is shrouded in darkness and reach out to her like you did to me. Amen. He's here. 
feel it too. is directed by Rose Glass and stars Morphid Clark, Jennifer Ely and other folks. So this is the story of Maud, uh, played by Morphid Clark, a uh, nurse who has gone into private caring and is looking after Jennifer Ely's late stage uh, lymphoma um, adult uh, patient. Um, she seems to be having a bit of a rough go with it does uh maud and she gets it into her head that she has been essentially chosen by god to help this woman um through her end days and save her soul of course and save her soul um and we shall take it from there i just want to say for the record that i do not begrudge a single cinema admission for this film, regardless of the comments I'm about to make about it, because God knows cinemas need all the help that they can get. Becky, what do you think of St. Maud? See, I, I really didn't want to go see St. Maud. It didn't look that interesting to me, because from the trailer it made it out to be, you know, really just not essentially has poor liberally minded artsy kind of lady trapped in her house and then imposes her weird religious nut shit on her which i'm not really that interested in because you know um but yeah it ended up being properly properly batshit and i kind of loved it yeah, properly batshit. i mean yes at the end i'll put a bad shit it's not that so well what is it but no all right she yeah. was properly batshit right yeah yeah um, and I kind of loved, loved it for that. The fact that she, as, this is going to sound quite nasty, but as a very sceptical agnostic, seeing a religious person portrayed as, like, just mental, it was a solve to my soul. I quite enjoyed it. Um, I thought she was really good. Um, the bit where she has, like, a essentially, like, a crisis of faith and just goes and sluts around town getting pissed was funny. The thing is, it was more funny than anything else. So, like the bit where she sets fire to herself on the beach at the end was fucking hilarious. We both started like smacking at each other's arms when we realised what she was about to do. Becky, how excited was I at that point? I was so excited. I, I honestly literally was sat in the cinema. And I literally started hitting Becky and I went, Becky, so I almost started clapping. Yeah, the bit so, where she picked the scab off her hand, two people left the cinema. I think they were expecting the film that I was dreading it being, about this this caring religious woman trying to save this older lady's soul, and it just fucking wasn't. It was so, just he was mad. So Becky's poster quote would be, "I loved it." Dot dot dot. The funniest film of the year. In the summer. It was the feel-good hit of the summer, because she died in the end. 
So yeah. Fucking hell. I, I, I feel like that that was not what the filmmakers wanted people to get out of the film. But that's what I got and I enjoyed it for that. So there we are. I feel like it's as if The Onion reviewed Saint Maud. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was really funny when she set fire to herself. <laughs> Just the fact that she did it in broad daylight with loads of people and no one like really rushed to stop her either, did they? The I mean, beauty... That, that, I'm sorry, that, I got to jump in. Okay. The beauty of that scene... The fact that it's just a provincial seaside fucking town. Yeah. Right. That, I can't look at anybody. Is that Scarborough? That, that, that anyone could look at and go, that's the seaside town that I went to of a certain age yeah. from that, 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 that is from Britain. Um, could look at it and go like that. But the fact that she's walking around in just a fucking a, a sheet, essentially, that <laughs> yeah. is pinned together with a drawing pin, carrying a thing of white spirits around in what I swear was an Aldi bag, right? And yeah. it just goes like that and uses a lighter that she's just nicked off some bit that she bumped off earlier on. Oh, the fact that she made herself a little gaudy dress out of a bed sheet was hilarious. Yeah. And the fact that she tried on in the mirror a few yeah. times. It, it, oh, my oh, God. Like in the pictures. Yeah. Oh, I, I, very much like Bex. I had an absolute fucking brilliant time with this movie. <laughs> I had an absolute fucking blast with St. Mark. It's. I love the fact that she goes out and it, it, the thing is, the whole thing is, it, it's about her it, it, her loneliness that she has, that she feels isolated. But part of her isolation clearly is, A, I think she's supposed to be a bit of a dick. Yeah. I love the fact that, that, that literally, God is a cockroach. <laughs> God is a cockroach that got inside somebody who is having a mental breakdown's mind. And caused her to murder somebody, and then set herself on fire. And the only thing that she did when she had a little bit of crisis of faith was give some guy a hand gibber in a bathroom, and then have questionable sex. It, it, it just literally is. That is what would happen if somebody went mad in a provincial seaside town. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I again, like you, Ian, that you said, Ian. There, I would. I, I, I really do hope people went to see this, and I hope that people got something out of it. Yeah, it was that, that they saw the psychological horror element of it, which I didn't. It, it, this movie is not a horror. This movie is a, a horror movie for people who don't watch horror movies. Well, I was just going to say, was this an A twenty four movie? Uh, yeah. it's it's the A twenty four est like British horror film. Of recent memory. Yeah, it, it, it is. It, it's, but, yeah, it, it, you will find a lot of people who, who will who will say the phrase about St. Maud. I don't normally like horror, but I really like St. Maud. And you'll have people who, who like and enjoy horror going, yeah, cool, it's not horror. No. The fringe performances in it were quite good, though. No, Murphy Clark's performance is fantastic. It's creepy. It's freaky, but it's not creepy in a in a. I'm creeped out by it. It's creepy as in a. Oh, what's she gonna do next? Oh, she's a knobhead. Yeah. When she's talking to a girlfriend, it's like just fucking mind your business. I'm telling her to stay away. 
No, because I, I disagree with you on that. I think I think part of it is coming from a nice place of saying, look, she shouldn't be exerting herself by you and you're taking advantage of her. She's dying. If she wants to have paid but, for sex with young girls... But, but I don't think she's a prostitute. That's the thing. No, but she's obviously just like... But, but she's taking advantage. Sugar momming her. That, that, that's fine. But I think... I, 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 whether or not I agree with uh, Maud's... Uh, she should be doing that or not, I think her intentions at that particular point are true. Oh, really? You don't think it's just because she's religious and religious people hate gays? No, I don't think it's got anything to do with the sexuality either. No. No, she does say I wouldn't care if she had a big fat cock or something, doesn't she? Yeah. It wouldn't, it wouldn't make any difference if you had an eight-inch cock, I think she says. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. Ian, what did you think of Saint Mark? Well, we know what you thought of Saint Mark, but tell us what you thought of Saint Mark. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean... The, the the thing is, I think that if I was with someone else, that maybe I could have had the kind of reaction that you guys did. Um, but me seeing it by myself with a handful of people in the audience, I just thought it was really fucking boring. Um, I thought it was telegraphed from the start what was gonna what was gonna happen. Like it, you know. <sighs> It's it's the a twenty four iest of horror movies because it actually forgets to be fucking scary because it wants to impress you so much. Yeah. Um, and I don't. I honestly don't understand the fawning over the film. I mean, like I was listening to the Empire podcast the other the other day, and like they they were taking the piss out of one of their one of their guys because literally an online ad for it the quote from empire is fuck me and it's and it's like at, at which bit yeah i i, I, I you know like i i mean th- th- this is a film that i get is trying to be about other things cool all right Try to be a fucking horror film as well, then. If you are selling yourself as a horror film, and horror is an amazing genre for talking about other things, mm-hmm. if you're selling yourself as a horror film, that I try and actually be fucking horrific as well. Don't... Ju- I mean, like... Uh, fucking hell. There are people saying, like, the final four seconds will stay with me forever. It's a fucking... It's somebody burning alive. You've not seen that in cinema before, have you not? <laughs> I tell you what, go see the fucking Wicker Man because the way it draws that stuff out, you'll have to be admitted to a fucking psychiatric ward. Resident Evil, uh, Silent Hill, that's a good burning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That fucking bit where old um the uh, Laurie Holden gets fucking burnt to death. Fuck yeah. I yeah. mean, it, it's and oh, honestly, it. it you know, it's this elevated horror bollocks. And I mean, I, Morphid Clark, I think, is great. She yeah. is great. And she is obviously acting in the like the slow burn drama that, that they, they are slapping themselves on the back for making. And she does a great job there. But I never felt any fucking tension because. I, I'm not saying, oh, look at me, I'm cleverer than the film, but her flicking that fucking lighter constantly through the film. Yeah, all right, fine. She's going to set fire to something at the end. What's it going to be? Oh, it's her. Fair enough. Yeah, I, 
I, I didn't pick up on that, which I'm, I'm quite glad I didn't because I, I, I had the best moment. So oh, oh, I bet. I was so excited. Oh, I bet. And you're, I mean, you're right. There's something interesting in that image of the end of her fuck, just absolutely barking, just yeah. like with a sheet tied round her and an Audi bag. But the film doesn't really do enough to say why I should why I should be feeling sorry for her. Like it cuts to whatever the fuck happened before, but it never really tells you what happened before. It's like, what did somebody kill themselves while she was in the room and she tried to stop it or what, you know, there's, there's not enough there. And then you get, you, you get people saying like, Oh, well, you know, it, 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 it's being, um, it's being mysterious on purpose. It's trying to make you think. Fuck off. If I need to feel sorry for this woman, you need to tell me why I need to feel sorry for her. Because otherwise, I feel sorry for the fucking cancer patient who just got murdered by her. I don't feel that sorry for her. She's going to burn herself alive. Fine. There, there was one good bit. What? When she was um, having that, like... Questionable sex. Questionable sex. And she imagined her hands going through his chest. That was good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Rose Glass has seen the thing. Well done. All right. No, no, I, sorry. I, I, like, no, no, I mean, you're right. I mean, that was a bit like, oh, shit, all right then. If it had more moments like that, yeah. I mean, even like that moment towards the end where Jen- Jennifer Ely's like, face does the fucking stretchy thing. How many films, how many horror films have you fucking seen where somebody's face does a stretchy thing? Oh, yeah, it was, it was doing that a lot. But the thing is, at that moment, I, I did think, Oh, is this gonna go big and batshit? Like properly, like brah, and everything. That I go, yeah. Oh, I'm not it. She's right. Oh, fucking Brit. No. You see? No. Yes. No. No. I'll be back in a sheet. Do it. That fucking sheet dress. Oh, I forgot about that. Wonderful. The fact that she's still wearing a cons as well. Yeah. She's still wearing a cons. A spiky cons. A spiky cons. Do do a house of the devil. Yeah. It, you know. Make the character likable. Have some moments of tension that go to nothingness. Fair enough. And then go absolutely fucking batshit in the last 10, 15 minutes. And I'd be like, yeah, all right, then. Fine. You know, it didn't all work for me. But shit, that ending's crazy. Yeah. But but, but St. Maud basically is. uh, Good performances. I actually think it's quite well... I think it's quite well directed. I just don't think that... I, I quite... It literally is like I, I took a different route to the same place, but but <laughs> the route I went on, it wasn't like it was like along the fucking edge of a cliff or anything like that. Where you were going, holy fuck, we might not get there. Mine was on a fucking clown car going there, and I'm going, this is fucking brilliant. I mean, I feel like there's a guy jumping there, he's just falling off. If it was well directed, then the tone would have suited the story better and if they wanted it to have gravity it would have and it didn't and that's the problem is it's about quite a seriously obviously mentally ill girl who's gone through some trauma and is having some kind of PTSD reaction that she is attributing to like some kind of religious awakening that's clearly what it's meant to be about it just isn't because tonally it's fucked because God is a Welsh cockroach. Because God is a Welsh cockroach. She makes her religious garments out of a bedsheet and a safety pin. And she she puts nails in the bottom of her cons and then walks around the town in them. Like, they're not 
they're not serious shoes, are they? Like you're not you're not looking at that and thinking, mm, yes, she's a serious woman. It just it just makes it comedic, and that's why the tone's fucked. Or all a bit where you go, oh, she's got to wait. She can make herself some popcorn. Oh no, wait, no, it's brain car. Brilliant. Yeah, that's it. There's some odd, there's just some odd bits in St. Mark. Now, the weird thing is, I saw a, a thing from somebody saying that um, it reminded them of two films. Um, and one was Carrie, and I thought, fair enough, redhead, and Morphe Clark has a bit of a sissy spaceship kind of vibe about her, look about her. Content of the film, I think, no. But the one was Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. It's not just me who just doesn't see that, is it? There's nothing similar. It's the closest thing I, I, that it reminded me of, like Ian said, uh, I think when we spoke about it via WhatsApp, was it's this year's Midsummer, in the sense that it's I, shit. I just didn't see what everyone else did, but I laughed a lot. Yeah. See, I didn't with Midsummer. I just thought that was absolutely, abjectly shit. Whereas I quite enjoyed the comedy elements of this one that weren't meant to be there. Like the bit where she, she, even the bit where she sets herself on fire, like there's the excitement of realising what she's going to do, the satisfaction of watching it, and then also the satisfaction of when, when it changes from what she thinks she looks like to what she actually does, which is just a fucking screaming mental on fire person on a beach. <laughs> In the middle of it, like, yeah. like, like 1pm. Yeah. <laughs> and she thinks she looks all like beatific and, and saintly, and then no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, I fucking really, I, I, I really hope that Rose Glass doesn't not go. Oh, people review my movie. And Noel's literally going to see it in about an hour's time, and I just told him that you thought it was hilarious, Bex. <laughs> I think I'd be interested to know what he thinks. And it, 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 in 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 terms of, it's interesting because he was just saying like literally no tickets have sold, and it's on in an hour. Um, You're really sad though. Apparently, it's done all right. I it's so it's done about it did about a quarter million over the weekend, but it was a really wide release. Um, I I think it. Uh, but however, I did read a thing you know that said about it being a uh, that it's on over three hundred screens. Mm. Um, apparently, that did include the cine worlds that it was on on Thursday. Oh, yeah, because it's had previews. So it's including the unlimited takings from Monday and any screenings on Thursday as well. Yeah. So although, yes, it did have a, probably a wider release than it might have normally got, you're taking out all of the City World and Picture Houses that were showing it. Mm. I think there'll be enough people that watch this metric film and... Connect with it. And definitely. connect with it yeah. and get out of it what was intended. Like, I'm not saying it's a bad film. I didn't get out of it what was intended but still enjoyed it probably would still watch it again if I fancied a bit of a laugh I, I will I will definitely watch St. Maud again <laughs> I will absolutely 100% watch St. Maud again because I had a blast with it <laughs> I had the wrong blast but I had a blast with it they can't they can't have made it going, yes, we are a super serious film about mental illness. They 100% did. They did. God was a Welsh cockroach. It's, they're, they're trying to tell a very serious story about mental health 
but realizing that the only way they're going to do that is if they have horror elements in it. So they've put a couple of horror elements in it. I mean, God, if Brad's listening to this, he's going to be fucking fuming. Um, uh, yeah, but yeah, um, it, it, it just, and I mean, to be fair, it may well be that I walked into it thinking I was going to see like the horror film of the year and all that kind of stuff. Um, but Ian, can I ask you a question? Up, when yeah. was the last time a a horror film of, a the, horror year? Film of the year you went you went into it expecting the horror film of the year, or do you usually go into these going, "This is making me skeptical"? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, when I like the thing is, I was very, very, very pleased to be up. I was really looking forward to Saint Maud. Um, I was really, really, pl- uh, you know, listening to the podcast last week. At that time, I didn't think it was going to be playing at the showcase. Then they added showings, so I was really, really excited to go and see a horror movie supporting the industry during this fucking difficult time. You know, um, and uh, yeah, and and I was depressed about the number of people who were there. But I wanted to be scared. I wanted to feel tense. And I didn't. I was bored. I looked at my watch multiple times. Um, we'll talk about a film in a bit that I fucking did not look at my watch at at all. And was in the entire way through that I saw at the cinema over the over the weekend. I wish St. Maud was that as well, but not scary. I can actually see how like it could be, it could be funny. Um, and for me, it gives me no fucking pleasure to say this whatsoever, but definitely shit. I'm glad other people like it, but I don't know why. Where are you on it? Because I'm, 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 I'm geostorm with it. I think I might be geostorm with it as well. Like, I'll watch it again and I had fun with it, but it absolutely did not do what it intended to do for me. No, it's the opposite of doing what it says on the tin. Yeah. So, on, on that kind of level, it failed spectacularly at what it was trying to do, but in doing so, succeeded in doing, like, a whole other thing that was probably better. Hmm. Uh, our audience poll, definitely not shit 60%, touching cloth 20%, and shit 20%. No one just started it apart from me and you, Rebecca. Five. That's interesting, because given the reaction to the film on film Twitter, you wouldn't think sixty only 60% of people... Like I felt like I was the only dissenting voice, quite frankly, so... Uh... I'm just glad you guys found it. Again, after a couple of beers with Donna, and she can have wine, and just just find the funny in it. Yeah, Yeah, it's not quite. It's not quite a Donna joint. Um, So, briber with what, my (laughs) delicious cock? Uh, (laughs) I mean, if that's all works for you, then go for it. No, no, it's you know, he, he does okay. Captain Tinkles is uh, all right, yeah. Tinkles. <laughs> <laughs> 
Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Putting four or five-year-olds in front of this movie, it's like, if they didn't know what death was before this, they're going to know it after it. They're going to know it after it, and they're going to be freaking terrified. And they're going to be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one is a cold, dead heart? Yeah, the Dark Knight has got like all the orphans, and like, oh no, we're going to die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, it's like, kill them. Then look no further, the His Film Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every Friday night on the show, you better know they keep it tight. ETL is back and the Jaystrom's in the zone. Introduce the co-host, he doesn't do it alone. PCZ is about to hold court. You know he's on the headset, you can hear him snort. Pop culture movies, TV shows and games. Rotten Tomatoes reviews news and Blu-rays. Foggy don't play around, he will bust a drop fast. Welcome to the Entertainment Landfill Podcast. The Jason and Steven Show. It's the Jason and Steven Show. What? what? The Jason and Steven Show. It's the Jason and Steven Show. Neo Tokyo is about to explode. Pictures presents a state-of-the-art adventure, Akira. in the UK in a 4K remaster, which has got more shows coming this week. Uh, if you can see it in IMAX, the motherfucker is playing in IMAX, which Mark and Becky managed to see. Woo! So, it's directed by Katsushiro Otomo. 
and stars the voices of Mitsuo Iwata, Nozomu Sasaki, uh, Miami, uh, Mami, oh, Mami, Mami, Kauyama, and others. Akira, you've all seen Akira, but if you haven't, what's the story? Well, <laughs> that's a challenge. World War Three has happened. I'm going to try it. World War Three has happened. We are now in Neo Tokyo, and a biker gang is chasing another biker gang. But wouldn't you know it? At the same time, a mysterious test subject person is escaping the facility they're being tested on in, and run into Tetsuo, who upon meeting him kind of infects him with or like awakens the inner akira within him um tetsuo's friend kaneda teams up with a girl to try and rescue tetsuo but tetsuo is exhibiting powerful psychic and telepathic abilities which seems to be a reawakening the spirit of akira a force which almost brought about the destruction of the world years before which seems to be coming again through Tetsuo how's that yeah that sounds about right so Akira 4k restoration looks good when the eventual 4k version comes out on home entertainment well worth doing it was like watching it was quite like watching a print, actually. Very nice to see it on the big screen. Mark, Akira, what happens in the last 20 minutes? I, <laughs> I mean, a lot. A lot happens in the last 20 minutes. A lot happens in the film in general. It is kind of mind-blowing, the story, it, the, the different threads. It, it is. It, it, it's, it's when you start getting to that point of where you're going, all right, he's in the Olympic Stadium. And he's kind of he's essentially having that as his as his his lair essentially, mm-hmm. uh, but then everything just starts going wrong for him and he becomes a amorphous blob. Yeah, yeah. Um, of just solid energy and yeah, you're watching it going right. I've seen this a number of times, and I, every time I watch it, I forget just how mad it goes. <laughs> And then every time I watch it, you, you kind of, you also forget as you're watching it, holy shit, this isn't, this isn't computers. Yeah. This isn't computer imagery doing that. Mm-hmm. This is, this is fucking draw. It, it's, it's mental. You know, this movie came out the same year, I think, as Die Hard. Wow. You know, it, it's, it, it's something that, it took a long time for it to get seeped into the Westerners conscience. You know, that was early nineties, you know, like 93, mm. 94 it's a time that, that, that it started to seep in there. Um, it's, it's not a film I ever expected um, to see on the big screen, to be able to get that experience and been able to see it on the big screen. Fucking yeah, right. Um, because, I mean, manga was, um, an anime stuff was really, really hard to get all of in this country. Mm. Um, I ran a little side business at school selling it. Um, 
And was it was it manga or was it you know? What? No, it was, it was Mark reenacting the plots. <laughs> Oh, I tell you what, you have not seen theatre until you've seen Mark perform Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> just Mark selling his like dirty copies of Arotsu Kadoja. I, I did have a copy of Arotsu Kadoja. Um, but no, what happened was uh, there used to be a shop called Game. Um, yes, that is the same game as Game exists now because it was Game Exchange originally started as one little shop in York. I did, yeah. Yeah, that game that became uh, Game. Um, there he used to have like a, a, a few mangas, and I used to go in and uh, you could rent them. You couldn't buy them; you just rented them. Yeah. I used to go in and rent them, uh, take them home, copy <laughs> them on a video, and then have like a few of them there. And used to sell it at people at school. Nice. So uh, yeah, it's a nice little side business there. Um, to the point of where he noticed I was doing that, and then started giving it for free and collected half, and collected I think a third of my profit. Yeah, <laughs> nice. But it, it made sense. Um, yeah, Akira, it's it's spectacular to watch in that on IMAX. It was it was amazing to see things like the um, the story unfolding and the the sheer scope and size of something that 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 big in a that is we hadn't really seen that. The overhead like cityscape bits as well. Yeah. Seeing that. On, on that big screen and the detail that the animation is done in. And the sound design of the yeah. film is insane how good that is. Um, it, it, it's a really easy thing to just kind of get lost with it. Mm. And you go, all right. And I said earlier, even having seen it a number of times over like a near 30 year period, um, it's still, I, I still go, I completely forgot this happened. And I completely, mm. you know, all right, shit, yeah, there's that bit. Oh, God, there's this bit coming up. And, mm. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, um, Bex, what do you think? I'm pr- pretty much the same, to be perfectly honest with you. I, 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 like you, have seen Akira many times over the years. This was the first time, I think, that I've got to the end of it and felt like I had a handle on the story that I'd just watched. Often I get to the end and go, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> but I... I I think it's because it is so multi-layered. There's so many different things going on that, like, don't necessarily pull together in the end. Like the thing with the um, the rebels and stuff like that, it doesn't pull into the main story really in the end. It's just that she happens to be one of them, mm. um, and it's there as, as backdrop and to kind of create this dystopian future kind of vibe um, in the whole like Neo Tokyo thing. So it's more of an atmospheric thread. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the animation's beautiful. I, I always sort of end up forgetting that the dude on the poster is not Akira. <laughs> um, he's like Akira as a character is only in it like as right at the end flashback, um, and then as body parts later on. Um, but he's in it in that weird strawberry bit in it with Te- in Tetsuo World's brain, and then he's. As like a vision, and then he's he's in it as like a brainstem later on. But he's kind of like all naked and presents himself to the <laughs> deformed guys, doesn't he? Yes. It, 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 uh, yeah, those weird little fucking dudes. That one dude on his weird little fucking floating chair. I love that guy. I fucking it, love that guy. He freaks me the fuck out. No, I love him, man. Like, if I could turn into anything... 
when I'm older, it would be like a fucking wrinkly Japanese child on a hover thing. He reminds me of what's his name? Slade out of uh, Phantom of Paradise. Yeah, man. He's got that kind of vibe going on. Yeah. It's a strong fucking look, though, because he looks like he looks like the fucking Dom. Yeah. Like, you do not want to mess with that motherfucker. He's got a hover thing. Yeah. And he's let himself go. I respect it. <laughs> That's it. It's like... You, you do find yourself watching going, hang on a minute, why's he got a hover chair? Why does no one else have a hover chair? You kind of get the vibe, though, with like because that's another thing with those kids. It never really explains what's gone on with them. You kind of get the feeling that they, they've been held in, like, this suspended in the age that they're in and prevented yeah, so... from growing older because if they grow older, uh, oh. then... They, they won't be able to control their power anymore. Yeah. All that shit like... that the doctor guy gave them gave them the side effects of ter- basically turning them into wrinkly children. Yeah, yeah. The, the, they, they are they are like fucking early stage Benjamin Buttons. <laughs> it it, it ah oh man it, it, yeah they are creepy as fuck. What did you think, Ian, seeing it on the big screen? So this is the thing, right? Whenever I think of Akira, and I've seen Akira a couple of times before, all I ever fucking remember of the film is the opening ten minutes. And this. You know, all I remember is the motorbike shit, the clown gang, the fucking, like, the cityscapes, and this music, right? So it's like, it's almost like my brain wipes everything else. Apart apart from the bit where the fucking toys come to life. Now, I first saw Akira, I think I taped it. It might have been a movie drone thing on BBC Two, you know. It, 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 it could very likely have been a movie drone thing. I'm, I'm pretty sure... It was on movie drum. Yeah, and it, it, it's like all I remembered from it was the opening stuff and the bit where the toys come to life because it was fucking mental. And I think my brain basically went, you know, it, it, it's almost like Tim Meadows in Walk Hard. It's like, you don't want any of this shit. You know, it's like, but it looks like a really cool Japanese anime. Yeah, but you won't understand it. And it, it, it just, there's nothing here for you, man. Yeah, but the animation looks amazing. The animation will fuck you up. You know, it, it's it's that. That's what my brain does. So next week, I won't remember anything <laughs> at the Olympic Stadium. Or like Tetsuo, like maybe like forming a new universe or whatever the fuck it is that he does at the end. All I will remember is that music, motorbikes, and city lights. Thing is, I, I, I know exactly what you mean, and I am exactly there with you in terms of you do it. It, it just you start to remember bits as they're happening, but you're going. Why wasn't this in my brain anymore? This seems like something I should remember. Yeah, yeah, and but I mean, it's I have no fucking idea what is going on in that last twenty minutes or so. But as you said, Mark, it's just it's a visual spectacle. You just kind of succumb to it, you know. Um, 
and I like the I like the fact as well that Canada all the way through is just a bit of a little stinker. Oh, like, he's, he's, he's an arrogant little prick, isn't he? I love him. Hi, Canada. Um, just random question in, related but random still. Have you seen a film called Paprika? Uh, no, but I know I should. Yeah, you really should. It's, it's very good. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, yeah, I definitely. I, I watched like the first ten minutes or so when it was on film four once, and just wasn't in the mood, and then just didn't get back to it. But yeah, um, yeah, it's fucking mental as Akira, and I, I really, the vision of it is incredible. The visuals still stunning today. I wish I knew what it was about. <laughs> I mean, it's about overall. That's actually a really difficult thing to pinpoint, isn't it? Mm-hmm. it Ian, I, I found Akira. It wasn't a movie draw, weirdly, but it was on BBC Two on the eighth of January, nineteen ninety-four, at twelve o five. What? So I taped it. I taped it off of BBC Two when I was nine years old. That was that was the first time it was shown on BBC Two. When was the next time it was shown on BBC Two? Because apparently you have this information. Yep. Uh, would have been ninety-eight. Right, that sounds more like it. What time? So uh, that was. Uh, it was again eleven fifty. Yeah, I. Re- April, I reckon. April, Go on. April, I think it's I reckon I set the old video plus to record that when I was like fourteen years old. That sounds right. That sounds right. Like but fucking. Right what a world it was when Akira would show on BBC Two on a Sunday night. Well, I mean, BBC my... Two used to be great. Yeah, BBC Two used to be great. Uh, um, I'm looking at the there's a there's a list of all the movie drum uh, films. Now I started watching movie drum around about sort of '92. I'm looking at it and some of the films that I first saw on movie drum are insane. Mm. So like Mad Max Two, uh, Rabbit, Escape from New York, uh, Dark Man. Uh, the Terminator. Um, yeah, there's so many I've gone through with that that, that, that I look at it going, holy shit, I remember watching that. <laughs> I think I'd already seen the Terminator before then, though. Yeah. But yeah, I, I care. It, it, it was. It was. The thing is, it was the busiest I think we've seen a an IMAX screening. Oh, it was so heartening to see. Yes, there was the whole free IMAX ticket thing. Fine, there is that to take into account. But see that many people there to see a fucking subtitled movie, a subtitled animated movie, yeah. was like, what the fuck? You, you, you got mildly embarrassed with me a little bit before it started, didn't you? Oh, God, someone asked him what the runtime was and he gave it down to the fucking minute. Yeah, of course he fucking did. Yeah. It's, it's so exhausting. <laughs> we sat there, um, and because the, the, for some reason our... Um, our IMAX never plays any trailers or anything like that. You just you just get uh, Living Daylights and that song from uh, Man Near Two. 
play trailer this time, will not uh, it? Uh, yeah, no, she just plays adverts. She plays trailers, she'll mm. play adverts. Some mm. guy turned around and went, I just went, do another run time for this movie. I just went, two hours for me. Becky literally shrunk and just went, oh God. I went, that's too exact. So I was like, yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but. I'm glad I'm glad I wasn't there because I'd have been like, "Do you want a faithful recreation of the uh, that tune from the beginning?" And I'd be like, <laughs> "What was awesome was there was literally people from the age of like eighteen, nineteen, up to like people that clearly looked like they were in their sixties." We really enjoyed the conversation of the boys that were sat behind us. They were just having a really fucking in-depth conversation about Legend of the Overfiend, weren't they? Yeah. Loved it. Yeah, and the thing is, I, I was just there just going, oh, man, I want to watch Legend of the Overfiend, man. I do. <laughs> like, it's filth, but it's really quite good filth. It's like when porn used to have a storyline. I was I was trying to explain at work, somebody at work, about Akira. I used to explain that all right. Yeah. And they, they, they said, all right, that sounds really good. And then many other what is it? And I was like, yeah, there's Paprika. What's that about? And I had to try to explain what Paprika was about, which dream was really shit. difficult. Just got dream shit. And then it was Ghost in the Shell, and that wasn't too bad. Yeah, and then I, went, I mentioned Orochikodoji. Uh, and then I went, what's that about? I went, well. The problem is, if you ever mention Orochikodoji, it makes you look like a perv. Kind of goes a bit tentacle poly at points. It was the pioneer of tentacle poly. It was the pioneer of tentacle poly, yeah. I really need to go pee, so I'm going to let you just talk about tentacle porn for a sec. I'll be back. It, it was, but it is fantastic. But yes, it is, it is. I, I remember uh, the first time I watched Legends of the Overfiend. Yeah. In that I, um, I, I rented it for what was it? Um, and I, I had that, and I had um, Ghost in the Shell, and and. My, I'd watched Ghost in the Shell. It was a Saturday night. I'd watched Ghost in the Shell. My sister was supposed to be, I don't know if you, if you funny is, babysitting for me. Uh, in the sense that she was in charge of the house, but she went out. Um, <laughs> and she came back. Um, and I was just about to start watching Arutsuka Doji. And I explained what Arutsuka Doji was, just based on what was on the back of the video. And she said, oh, that sounds quite interesting. I'll watch a little bit of that with you. Bear in mind, I knew nothing about the content that much at that point. And so it oh, got about halfway through it, and my sister went, I'm off to bed, bye. This is interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, it is a little bit, yeah. My sister, for, for the audience, is about 18 months older than me. <laughs> um, I should, I'm going to leave you to watch this on your own. It's like, I mean, shut up. It's weird. <laughs> but, Weirdly, I, th- I I loved it, and then my sister was like, I was really enjoying it, but it was a bit uncomfortable watching that with my little brother. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was it was interesting, but yeah, I actually want to revisit Legend of the Other Thing. I do that. Double building. Does pleasant for you, yeah. But um, I, so I mean, Akira, I'm, I'm guessing we are all definitely not shit on Akira. Yeah. Absolutely. I, uh, I just so I, I just went to the toilet right, and um, Lottie was in the bath. It was candle lit. I was like, "You have the candle lit bath, are you, lots?" She just looked at me and just said, "Yeah, it just feels more comfortable." It's like Aww. the fucking 
just having a candlelit bath at six years old because it feels more comfortable. I, I, yeah, it's very nice. Living Sorry. a good life. She's exercising her right to self-care. Yeah, living a good life. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. She's proud of that little lady, I must say. Like She's a funny one. Um, anyway, definitely not shit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, I will say our audience poll. Definite shit. A hundred percent. There you go. Nice. Right. So let's class up this joint. Well, what are you going to go for now? I was. Fuck you. (laughs) Well, even though I think let's do what we watch, then lead into LFF, then end off with Hubie. Yes. So, what have we been watching that's not LFF related? Next. On my own. Yeah. Nothing. Cool. A lots of Jill, lots of Jill Valentine wandering around the mansion, and lots of Victoria Pedretti wandering also around the mansion. Right. Cool. Um. And and just a tangent slightly. I'm not playing Resident Evil anymore. No, it's not. Right. I'll play the board game. I'll play the board game. Oh, I don't. I like really this. enjoy it. I'm glad you do. I like to help. I'm glad you enjoy it. Oh, Ian. I don't like it. I don't like it. You're a ruiner. I don't like it. When I walked out of that fucking door into, like, the, the, the main foyer up a bit, and that guy was just there straight away, nah. Oh, when he bear the guy up on the balcony and he turned into a crimson? Yeah, nah. Yeah, there was oh. that bit, yeah. Wasn't expecting it. Wasn't expecting that at all. And I hated it. I hated it. No. You're doing so good at it. Like, you've mastered your map and everything. I mean, bless you, because that second part, I was checking that map every fucking 10 seconds. Yeah, you were. I was really proud of you. Yeah, I know. No. I will play the Resident Evil 2 board game coming at some point to patrons before Halloween. I think we should probably make that promise that it'll be before Halloween. Yeah. Um, But, nah. I'm done. That's it. My Resident Evil career is over. I can't take it. I don't like it. That game is old and it still still scares the fuck out of me. So what about the rest of the remakes when they come out? Are you going to play them? No. No? No. You stream them. You stream them. I'll watch okay. you. Will you help me? I don't know how. <laughs> Like, seriously, you've got to have some fucking, like, Mensa-type shit to work out some of that stuff. I commented to Mark last night, actually. It is really difficult because you've got to remember things. Like, if you're playing a few hours a night and being a sensible person rather than playing it in, like, five, six-hour stretches like I do, you've got to remember stuff from, like, when you played it three, four days ago that then suddenly applies. Like, the bit with the balcony with the dog whistle. Like, why would that be in your head, necessarily? Because I remembered the thing about the dog whistle and doing it at the balcony, but I never would have thought to have done it there. Because there's lots of balconies. Yeah. Not, nah, not having it. Bless you. I'm glad you guys enjoyed laughing at me, but I'm done. Fine. I'll watch you play shit. Okay. Um... Okay, so what we've been watching, we watched, because Mark is a bit of a freak and loves movies with storms and shit, we watched Into the Storm. Um, nice! 
yeah, uh, Richard Armitage and Sarah Wayne Callies about essentially hurricane chasers, tornado yep. chasers. Who's that directed by? Uh, directed by Stephen Quayle. Who also directed... Final Destination 5. He did a Final Destination because I thought it was David R. Ellis. He directed Final Destination 2, but no. Okay, yes. Thank you. (laughs) Do you know what? It's a really good movie. It's a really fun movie about storm chasers. Like, it's never going to be... It's 90 minutes long and the storms look good. The construction looks good. There's peril. There's planes there. Peril. Yeah. That one man gets with the bodies, Ozd. Yep. Yeah. He does. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do enjoy heavy weather films. I do, don't you? I do love a weather movie. We should watch Geostorm again. I, 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 when everyone's kicking off and going, oh, what's happened to fucking Bond? Why aren't we getting Wonder Woman? When's fucking Greenland coming out? The real fucking movie we needed this year. It's another Gerard Butler Storm movie, Becky. Is it? Yeah. Gonna have a storm. He's gonna have a storm. Sorry. Uh, what else do we watch, Bex? Uh, we also watched the um, Marky Mark Wahlberg movie Contraband. Yep. Where he plays a retired smuggler who has to get back into the smuggling game to help his brother in law. His brother in law. His, his loser brother in law, played by. Best loser brother-in-law actor. No, no, no. Is it Caleb Landry Jones? It is Caleb Landry Jones. Yes, it is. But best loser brother-in-law actor actually plays the baddie. Yeah, he does. Because Giovanni Ribisi is the baddie. Isn't Giovanni Ribisi is the baddie. Sweet. Um, we actually, I actually commented, didn't I? If, if it was a few years earlier, this this would be Giovanni Ribisi yeah, playing. Yeah, it, it would be. And then mm-hmm. you've also got Ben Foster in the. Oh, well, he's not just going to be a side character. He's going to be shady as fuck. Yeah, obviously, because... Like, it's Ben Foster, it's ben Foster yeah. Kate Beckinsale just there being Kate Beckinsale-y. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, I really enjoy Contraband. It, you know what? Yeah, it's, it's pretty good, actually. It's got Diego Luna uh, as the head of a Mexican... Sorry, a Panamanian gang who make the worst fucking um, <laughs> masks ever by literally... Taping duct tape around their own faces. That's gonna hurt. Like you haven't thought about this. No. Lay off the cocaine for just five minutes. Go out and buy some masks. I mean, they do. They do have a lot of cocaine. They do have a lot of cocaine. Super notes, I believe they're called. Super notes, yeah. Contraband is. I'm sorry. It is a really fucking good time. There's a lot of slapping about of Caleb Landry Jones as well, though, isn't there? Oh yeah. A lot of just fucking get to fuck Caleb. It is. Uh, it's which is always fun to watch. It, 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 it is up there as one of my favourite Caleb Lamy Jones performances. It is not quite my favourite. What is your favourite? Uh, War of War with Everybody. I think it is War with Everyone. Is it? I just enjoy Caleb Lamy Jones's face. It just doesn't seem to really know what it's doing. No. Uh, what's it? What, I, I, you need to go to the next one. Do that one. I need to find out what this film was that I'm doing. Oh, we watched Blow. Um, because you know, there was a time when Johnny Depp wasn't just a fat, bloated druggie. And this was part of it. So it was quite fun to watch. Um, back when he could still act as well. Um, 
everyone's seemed blown. It's about a, a small town kid from a poor family who gradually becomes a drug king, kingpin. I believe me and Ian covered this on our, one of our marathons, the uh, Ted Demi marathon. Fucking hell, that was a while back, it eh? It was, yeah. What uh, was it, what was it called? Um, oh, fuck knows, mate. It was like Demi or something like that. Yeah, sure. Uh, but the movie is Warren Everyone, where Caleb Landry Jones plays like a hitman, uh, and it's, it's fantastic. Fair enough, fair enough. It's a really good film, actually, that. Blow, Blow is one of those kind of... It, 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 I quite like films like this, where it covers like quite a huge span of years. Yeah. And you've got like their whole life, basically. Like it, the, There was a few came out. You don't, you don't, I don't know, I feel like you don't get them quite so much anymore. No, do you know why? Because what they do is they become like Netflix series instead. Oh, yeah. And it, it, it's like, well, no, this is, it, it's really entertaining as a, as a chunk. A, as like a two and a bit hour movie. Mm. It, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, seeing Cliff Curtis in anything is a lot of fun, but seeing him playing Pablo Escobar is fantastic. Uh, and Paul uh, Rubens as like a, <laughs> a drug kingpin yeah. is great. Um, I didn't realise it was Jamie King that played his daughter when, when she was older, when he imagines her. Yeah. Um, no, I, I still think Blur is a, is, a, is, a, is a great film if you're into that kind of movie. You know what's quite interesting as well? What? Ray Liotta, not terrifying. Doesn't do that laugh. <laughs> Doesn't do the laugh, which we'll get to. Um, <laughs> yeah. <later laughs> um, and finally, of, our, of what we uh, watched, we re-watched Crimson Peak. We did. We wanted some, a little bit spooky, didn't we? Yeah. But we we also have been wanting to give this another chance. Yeah, because we were, I think it's fair to say, underwhelmed uh, with it on, on release. I hated it on release. Oh, you hated it? Yeah. All oh, right. But then I was it, was, it was set up for me to hate it because of the cast, really. Because I hate Mia Wasikowska. I think she's hugely overrated right. and shite. And I don't like Jessica Chastain, partly because you fucking fancy her, and partly because I think she's just cold. And a bit crap and expressionless in most things that she's in. So, yeah. So, it was set up for me to not like it. Mm. But, like, I'm kind of over my Mia Wasikowska thing because she's not been pushed in my face quite as much anymore. Yeah. And I can appreciate the bitch kind of thing who Jessica Chastain knows. Like, I find her quite amusing as, as how much of a bitch she is. Like, she plays them really well because I think she just probably is one in real life. I mean, brilliant. <laughs> um, so Bex what did you think of your rewatch of, of Crimson Peak do you know what it, it's not great but I enjoyed it a lot more than I did when I first watched it um, I think if you can kind of if you can kind of get behind the melodramatic tone you'll enjoy it a lot more than if you try and take it as serious as a serious movie if you can kind of get on board with what it's putting out there. I did accuse it of ripping off Devil's Backbone at one point, didn't I? And then decided that it was probably all right because it was the same director. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm amazed that Guillermo del Toro uh, made uh, Crimson Peak. It's an odd one, isn't it? It's shit. It's weirdly unaccomplished It's for him. really crap. It looks like shit as well. It does look And um, Guillermo del Toro is a fantastic director who makes beautiful looking movies. I still maintain that Hellboy 2 is a fantastic five-star movie and also looks incredible. The the tree demon thing that explodes in the middle of New York in that thing is a blockbuster scene that somehow manages to look absolutely out-house beautiful. Um, Crimson Peak, it's 
I'm, I'm a little bit of the... What, who decided that Tom Hiddleston was good and mm. why? The casting is shocking in this film. It is. It doesn't make sense. None of them are good in this. It, oh. it, it was interesting because Pacific Rim was... You know, Del Toro's always been someone who's, like people said, like, well, he makes a one for them, one for me, but then a lot of his one for me's are for them and vice versa. And Pacific Rim felt like a one for them, for me, and Crimson Peak a one for me, for them. Yeah. But it just, it didn't quite get that. I mean, like, I've still got, like, I was so amped for Crimson Peak that I bought the fucking Mondo Comic Con exclusive poster. It's a really nice poster. Which is a great poster, and we've hidden it away for about the past five years, because Lottie. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, it, but it, it, it's... That film, the promotional art for that film was cashing checks that the film couldn't bank. No, it, it just it doesn't look very good. The the it's such a disappointment. I, I, honestly, mm. if, if 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 you didn't know it was Guillermo del Toro, you wouldn't even think that someone was trying to rip off Guillermo del Toro. No, you just it it it, it would it, it's subpar Tim Burton esque more than anything else. Yeah, it, and it, it's it's staggering that it, it really is. Um, gobsmacked that it's Guillermo del Toro uh, that made this movie. It makes me really sad that, for me, the last content that he put out that was really good was the PT demo in 2014, and that was a game demo. That shit was fantastic. That shit was great. What year was Crimson Peak? No, Crimson Peak. Um, Pacific Rim, 2013. Really? He needs, he needs to get back on form. Well, he's still. What won Oscars? Yeah, but it wasn't very good. It was. It wasn't. Yeah, but it was. I think you need to rewatch that. I think I maybe do. I, th- I, I think you do. Maybe. I, think, I, I, I think you would actually quite like that. Maybe it just got overshadowed by the stupid fish fucking. There was some fish fucking in there. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, there's no fish fucking in Crimson Peak. There is. Uh, there is some question. There is. There is a there's bit. Some sister fucking. There's some sister fucking. Yeah. There's some brother fucking. Uh, no, I, I don't think there's any sister fucking. She's just. She's she's chicken in my handy chair. That's quite hand fucking. There's some there's some brother loving in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Ian, what have you been watching? So, I have watched a few things. Um. So, first time watch of Hocus Pocus, which. How is it the first time uh, you've seen that? I'm very interested by this because I have a theory about Hocus Pocus. Okay, interesting. So uh, it's on Disney Plus, uh, like Who Framed Roger Rabbit from last week, another 4K Dolby Vision on um, Disney Plus. It's actually available on 4K to buy as well uh, on um, uh, physical uh, UHD, which is interesting. And uh, yeah, I um, I liked it. It's quite gentle fun, really. Um, directed by High School Musical's Kenny Ortega, which kind of blew my mind. Um, Vanessa Shaw just not look, really looking like a high school student at all. Uh, it was just like, oh yeah, it's the girl from one of one or two of the Saw films. That's weird that she's in this. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I just I, I, I thought it was fun. Nothing more to it, really. It kind of weirds me out that it seems to be quite a big deal. Right. This is my problem here. Okay. Right. I saw Hocus Pocus in the Clock of the Cinema. Enjoyed it. It's fine. Right. And then now it's like a really big deal. But that's only happened in the past, like, six or seven years that it's become like a really big deal. And it, it weirds me out because it's like, do you know what? It's not that good. It is. It's fine. It's not that good. It is. It's fine. It's a very... When did you last watch it? Like last year. It's fine. It's a very good, very well-made family horror movie. It's... And it is what Hubie Halloween wants to be. Uh... Fucking wash your mouth out. It's fine. It's just <laughs> fine. It's not. It's a film you can revisit every year. You can watch it with your kids. It's fun. And it's spooky enough to introduce like little kids to horror and stars tom cruise's hairdresser what what's it the kid in, in, in what i said that he was with an area Dana. when he quit acting he became a hairdresser and now he's tom cruise's hairdresser fucking loving area indiana it, it hooks bugs is fine it's nowhere near as good as people it's nowhere near as good as people in their late 20s early 30s want to tell you it is but it is. It's not. It I, is, just because it doesn't connect with you, and you're too old to watch it for the first time, is it, that's not the film's fault. It is. It isn't. That's not <laughs> the world's fault. I, th- I still, I still maintain that there is a, a lack of very good family-friendly horror movies. The Ooh, whole is not them. It is. Hocus Pocus it's isn't a horror movie. What's that? Hocus Pocus isn't a horror movie. It's not. But it is if you're a little kid. It's about witches and it's a bit scary. And you know. I mean, it, I, yeah, for kids... It's not why it's about witches. That's interesting. Hang on. The idea of a horror movie... So a horror movie for kids, I wouldn't say is a horror movie. But I think it's fair to say that for Lottie, Hocus Pocus is a horror movie. Yeah. But in five years, I don't think it would be. No, you need to show her it now. I did. Oh, well, that's fine. What did Lottie think of it? Uh, she said a couple of times, I don't want to watch this anymore because she was a bit freaked out. Um, but we usually just push her further if she says stuff like that. Um, or at least I do. Um, <laughs> no, no, I mean, she, yeah, she, she had a good time with it, you know. Like zombies and stuff she knows because of Minecraft. There's these things in Minecraft called creepers that are basically zombies. So she kind of understood that concept. And uh, yeah, I mean, she was... uh, They do a very good way of not quite pointing out what happens to the girl at the start of Hocus Pocus. Like, they do the life-sucking thing from her and then she's in the background of all the other shots and they don't really reference her, which was a wise decision. Um, but yeah, no, she, she, she had a good time with it, you know, um, it's, but like, as I think I've said before, it's hard to get Lottie to sit down in front of pretty much any film, um, at home. Um, but yeah, no, she, she had a decent time with it. Cool. Well, you've been watching. Only other thing that's not LFF related, um, the Adams family, the Baron, uh, Barry Sonnenfeld. Another one. Another one that I went to the, the cinema to watch. Nice. Oh, man. I, this film's great. It's fucking 
fantastic. Um, like the the stuff between Raul Julia and Angelica Houston is incredible. Um, it, 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 I, yeah, but it, I'm right in thinking there's a scene because like, I've not watched um, Adam's Family in a, in a long time. There's a scene where they, where she's literally laid down. On, I think on a bed or a sofa or something like that, and then Raoul um, Ju uh, appears from the bottom of the screen and just arrives down. And then you know, as a kid, it's just like, what is it? And then now, as an adult, you watch it and go, was it going down? <laughs> oh, I can't remember. I mean, there there is definitely a bit where, and, and like he says, like, oh, you look so lovely in the moonlight or something like that, and she's like ly- lying down. But I don't know whether it was because he'd just been eating her out. Um, maybe maybe that's Adam's family values. Um, but no, yeah, I mean it's um it's 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 a great time. Um, I I like that it, they keep it just on the edge of being scary without ever being scary. It is just like a kind of like a Halloween exhibit come to life. Is the Adams family, and uh, yeah, I really uh, had a good time rewatching it, and I'll very likely do values before Halloween. Values isn't quite as good, I think. I, I remember as as Adams family, but it's still a fun time because you've got mm. crazy fucking um, John Cusack in it. Is values one with the summer camp? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um. So, do you guys have anything LFF related other than One Night in Miami? No. Oh, you did? I thought like I do, actually. Oh. Okay, fucking hell. Alright, strap in. Let's go. Ah, right. I shall start with Wolf Walkers, which is um, Cartoon Saloon, uh, maker of uh, Secret of Kells and Song of the Seas uh, new outing. So, screening for this was half nine on Saturday morning. I start watching it on the TV. Lottie's on her iPad. After the opening credit, she notices that the lead's a little girl. And it's like, what's this? And it's like, lots. This is a film. So I pause it. And I'm like, lots. This is a film that's not even out yet. She was like, what do you mean? It's like, I'm watching this now. And then once this is done, we're not going to be able to watch this again until it, it's out. She was like, what do you mean it's not out? It's like, well, you know, and I explained like the concept of the, the, the festival and like being able to watch these things early and whatnot. She was like, can I watch? I was like, well, yeah, of course you can. And she was fucking transfixed throughout the whole thing. And all she's been telling people after is, guess what? I got to watch a film before anyone else can watch a film. And it was like, fucking brilliant like i finally got her excited about cinema but it's because of this like weird exclusivity thing of <laughs> i've watched it and you can't it's called wolf walkers and it's coming out in a couple of months and it's really good and it was oh, i was fucking awesome um but yeah so um as i said uh in the the pre-show lottie turned to me after tears in her fucking eyes tears in my eyes and she said I think they made that film for me. And fucking hell. So, story. Set in Ireland. Um, 
while uh, where Oliver Cromwell, voiced by Simon McBurney, um, is of Siberia fame, is uh, trying to uh, basically conquer Ireland. He's employed Sean Bean, uh, and uh, his daughter is there with them as well. And Sean Bean is hunting uh, hunting off a pack of wolves in the area uh, because Cromwell basically thinks that if the English can be seen to be saving this community from these wolves, then it will make the kind of the occupation easier. Uh, the daughter goes off to try and help uh, her dad one day and encounters a uh, wolf walker, um, a girl who by day is a girl, but when she goes to sleep, um, her her like dream space basically physically manifests itself in a wolf. Uh, she's with her mum who won't wake up because um, the the wolf version of her mum is missing and she doesn't know where she is, and it goes from there. This film is fucking stunning. Um, Cartoon Saloon have been nominated for best animated feature at the uh, the Oscars before. Um, they will be again this year, and I think Pixar may well have a fight on their hands as long as enough people watch this. Um, people think that they have a fight on their hands this year, and then Toy Story Four was it? Or yeah, it yeah. I mean that that's Still it. And, and apparently, Soul is very good as well. So you know, yeah, apparently, it is actually. Yeah. So there you go. It's the one film that um, hasn't been screened online for LFF press. Um, the only way press could go see it is if they were invited to a separate press screening. So that's nice. Nice for them. Um, so, yeah, um, but it's gorgeous. It has got a combination of animation and emotion and score which in a very different way, but I think the last film that hit me that hard would have been Spider-Verse just in terms of like literally tears in the eyes for this fucking synthesis of everything is just blowing my mind. Um, You know, like Spider-Verse is a beautiful film. Yeah. You know, um, the moment where it all comes together and it's uh miles kind of like that upside down shot of miles and the music crescendos and whatnot there's moments in wolf walkers which are easily the equal of that um but knowing that it's all like hand drawn makes it i think maybe more impressive um vocal performance is incredible um the, the the heart at the center of it 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 just it feels like a film that i don't know i think 2020 kind of needs where it's incredibly technically accomplished but tells this really fucking universal story of companionship and doing the right thing and I just being open to new things that we we just all need. Apple have the rights to it. It's got limited theatrical showings. Um, a week Friday, it's on Apple uh, mid December, and 
yeah, fair play to Apple for picking this up. Um, great acquisition, and it means this film's going to get watched by, you know, a lot of people. Beautiful fucking film. Obviously, we'll talk about it. Like, I know Bex, re- I- I'm sure you both want to watch it. Bex said particularly she really wanted to see it. I'm sure we'll talk about it closer to year's end. But yeah, it's... Um, stunning fucking piece of work is wolf walkers um they're all oh, i also written a review on pop syndicate cool, cool okay moving on so uh the intruder so fucking batshit piece of work here uh directed by natalia meta so um actually the letterboxed synopsis is actually pretty good here Inez works as a dubbing actress and sings in a choir in Buenos Aires. After a traumatic experience during a holiday trip, she develops a sleep disorder and starts suffering from very vivid nightmares. At work, the studio microphones pick up strange sounds coming from her body, threatening her career and her singing. Inez becomes paranoid as she has increasing trouble telling what is real from what is not. She becomes to en- she begins to entertain a dangerous idea that characters in her dreams are trying to take over her body. Sounds like a good film, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and yes, it's good. Um, the ideas are kind of all over the place. Like there's an ex- there's 22 minutes before the title card comes up at the start. <laughs> Um, and that is setting up the trauma. Um, the film then proceeds to throw a lot of balls in the air, and I'm not entirely sure that it catches them all by the end, but the end sequence is fucking incredible. And it's literally the credits are going over this sequence. And it's like, what am I fucking seeing? Um, I, yeah. It's something else is this film. So um, the lead actress was the uh, the bride in Wild Tales, um, which came out a few years back. And um, I haven't seen that film, but I, I kind of want it now. She's got a really interesting energy. Um, and it, it was kind of Saint Maud meets Barbarian Sound Studio with a really interesting wrinkle of Inception. <laughs> Which is just three movies strapped together that you would not expect. No, no. Um, this idea of sounds coming from her body, which seemed to indicate the presence of like a an intruder spirit, is amazing um and it's great it's like this like she's recording these these void like dubbing things and it's like this studio text just like i can hear something here and he's playing it back really slow and it's like yeah what the fuck is that actually it's really interesting um but then the, the the way the film ends and God, I wish you guys watched this because I need to check something about the end sequence. But I just, if anyone listening to this has seen the intruder, just at me saying the intruder 
and was there another face? <laughs> I will I will look out for that when we watch it. Yeah, that's all I want to know because I swear they're doing some fucking interesting shit with that end sequence and faces. And that's all I'm going to say. Um, it's probably the, the 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 film of LFF that I would rate the least. But the fact that I'm saying I enjoyed it and it's worth a watch probably gives an indication as to how strong I think my LFF lineup has been this year. Moving on. <laughs> Another round. So... This is the new film from Thomas Vinterberg, director of the film I like the most and will never, ever, ever, ever see again in my life, The Hunt, uh, which starred Mads Mikkelsen, as does this. How much do you guys know of this film? Uh, Very little. Okay, so basically Mads Mikkelsen stars as a high school teacher who's quite bored with life. And um, he's at a 40th birthday dinner for a friend of his. And they notice that he's feeling sad. And one of his friends brings up a study that a philosopher that he has read has done, saying that if you could keep a constant blood alcohol level of 0.5%, you will have a better life. <laughs> oh no he says that like the natural blood content of a person is 0.5% less alcohol than it should be so they engage in a scientific study to basically go okay if our blood alcohol content level is 0.5% constantly how would we live our lives Fair enough. Now, it basically turns into these guys, like, a really interesting uh, exploration of how alcohol, drinking too much alcohol, will make people obviously go off the rails. But if you just were consistently drunk, what would that mean for you? So... It's fascinating. The thing is, I was telling Donna about this, and I, I told her the ending because I knew she was never going to watch it. And she was like, how the fuck did they film that? And it was like, well, it's it's a fictional film, Don. She was like, oh, that's why I was really into it when you were talking to me about it, because I thought it was a documentary. And it was like, yeah, because a, a documentary of this would have been fucking fascinating. <laughs> like, everybody would have been fired, but it would have been fucking fascinating. Um, but it still is, though. That's the thing. And it's a film which doesn't take any sides. You'd kind of think, given that plot, plot, okay, is it just going to go that all their lives turn to shit and, you know, it, it, it's hectoring against booze? No, it's not. There are elements of it, definitely, definitely elements of it, where it's just like, yeah, you shouldn't do this. But it also doesn't necessarily say that living your life in that way means that you are going to go to ruin. There, you know, 
it, it, it functioning alcoholics don't have that intent of like it's a scientific study or anything like that but there are many functioning alcoholics in in society um you know and uh they they live their lives they do their jobs and 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 whatnot you know and it, i mean i i could see this film being potentially in another year being controversial for maybe saying that hey if you were to do this for your life, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to go to shit. But it's also not saying that you are going to have the best life ever. So it really wrong-footed me because there are stretches where you think it's going to go in one direction, but then it really doesn't. And the, the final couple of minutes of this film perfectly encapsulate being drunk can be fucking incredible but holy shit you need to watch yourself and it really crystallizes that and there are sequences through this film that do that it's it, it, it's actually a bit of an ensemble cast it is led by Mad, mads mickelson but it is a bit of an ensemble cast and they're all um they're, they're all really really good um but it has got the greatest final two minutes even though there is a hint of you probably shouldn't be enjoying this as much as you are but fuck me you're still enjoying it and hey isn't that like being pissed (laughs) (laughs) i really want to know what happens at the end without spoiling a film that's not come out yet really no i don't yeah i don't i don't want to it just it's there's there's a hint of what what is go what you're going to see peppered in throughout, and whenever they mention it, it's like fuck. I need to see that. I really need to see that. And then you do it at the end, and it's brilliant. Comes out in cinemas, hopefully November. <laughs> see it. In theory, it's really, really. The thing is, it's really entertaining. It's. It's got drama to it. Do not get me wrong. It definitely has drama to it, but it's fucking entertaining. Yeah, I'm definitely catching that. Nice. And uh, final one before the one that we all watched is um, One Man and His Shoes. So this is a documentary that chronicles the rise of um, Air Jordans. So uh, this is, uh, you know, uh, Michael Jordan's Nike shoe brand and uh, talks about um, how it was established, how it kind of challenged the general thinking on marketing athletes at the time. You know, it was all about the you know, if it was a team sport, it was all about the team and how those ad- advertising campaigns went, um, but how they got Jordan the trouble that they had with Jordan. So the NBA basically said you had to wear all white trainers. Um, The first air, uh, the first Jordans were uh, red, black and white because of the Chicago bulls. The NBA banned those trainers. And then um, Nike, Nike used that as like, these are the shoes the NBA don't want you to wear, but you'll be like Mike. Yeah. Fucking genius. Um, talks quite a lot about spike lee spike lee's commercials with michael jordan and uh, their impact and then in the last third 
it takes a very serious tack and to, and first talks about people collecting uh, Jordans and how obsessive that can be and then what people will do to get a pair of Air Jordans. Um, and it's interesting. It turns from a really interesting film about marketing and how black as they say in the film black people are cool and companies use black people to make their products look cool and then turns into Nike are partially responsible for an environment which means my son is murdered over a pair of trainers yeah which was a thing which is definitely a thing and it follows a family that that happened to pretty recently and it in a move that i think is it is impactful but also i think maybe a little bit disrespectful it shows photos of uh the blood left by a victim in a car it shows um, local news footage of this guy's car crashed into something where he had just been fucking killed. And it's got interviews with the family. And I, I don't know. It just... I was a little... I get the point. It's impactful. I, I do kind of get why, why you're ramming it home like this. But at the same time... You've just spent the first 50 minutes or so talking about how clever Nike's marketing is. And now you're making me feel really bad for being impressed by how clever Nike's marketing is. Yeah. And maybe that's the point. I don't know. But the film spends an awfully long time on this marketing was really clever and it showed what black people of power can do and now it's this and there's some whiplash there um so yeah it, it's powerful um but it, it's a, a filmmaker who had previously made shorts this is his first feature length film and i think maybe that shows um it, it there were in the first five minutes or so there's some kind of like elements of where it's going and it just drops that completely and then just does railroad you and it did slightly feel like someone shouting at me uh, like you've been torn off a little bit yeah um and i i yeah i don't know if you're going to be talking about Spike Lee as much as this film is, and there's this also this like throwaway comment, like they, they talked for about 10 minutes about this advertising campaign Spike Lee did. And there's a throwaway comment from like uh, uh, John's former agent just saying like, well, you know, he liked Mike, didn't really like the ads very much, but he thought he was a funny guy, you know, just kind of like poo pooing Spike Lee. It's like, look, documentary, if you're going to poo poo Spike Lee and then just not be nearly as accomplished as he is with balancing tone nah not really um it's very very worth a watch but yeah you could probably tell it's a first time documentary filmmaker 
but uh, but honestly the best of luck to it though and it it is interesting It, it is very interesting um but mark i know you were you were feeling a bit a bit shit about missing it yeah i yeah yeah i don't know it did make me want to watch the last dance the netflix show i'll say that one of those things of, of catching when it inevitably comes on netflix yeah 100 percent. so yes yes catches marcellus clay is the new heavyweight champion of the world boy yes, he is. and i don't even have yes, a scratch on my face Oh my goodness. Cash. What's wrong, Cash? What? Cash, what? Why am I so pretty? Oh. <laughs> and I'm only 22 years old. There is no way I'm supposed to be this great. Look, Alexander the Great conquered the whole world at the age of 30, and I yeah. conquered the world of boxing at 22 <laughs> without sustaining so much as a scratch. That's right. Oh. There he goes. You do the math. All right. When, when is this party going down? Yeah, that's a good question. What's on the agenda, Malcolm? Well, I thought this would be a wonderful chance for us to reflect on what's happened tonight. Like our young brother said, there's no denying that greater forces were at work. You mean no one else is coming? Well, rest assured, my brother, you're not missing anything. Moving on, let's do another review. So, this is Amazon Studios, One Night in Miami. So, you will be able to watch this on Amazon, excuse me, at some point. And this is uh, directed by Regina King and uh, stars Kingsley Benadire, Ellie Gorey, Aldis Hodge, and Leslie Odom Jr. Uh, apparently, it's coming out January 15th on Prime. There we go. Cool. Nice one. Um, so, I'm just going to read the letterbox synopsis again. In the aftermath of Cassius Clay's defeat of Sonny Liston in 1964, the boxer meets with Malcolm X, Sam Cooke and Jim Brown to change the course of history in the segregated South. Bex, One Night in Miami. What are your thoughts? Um, I thought it was interesting. Obviously, it's it's a fictionalised um, meeting of them all. Um, but I think it, it did... A really good job of obviously getting all these very seminal figures together and putting all their ideologies up against each other um but in like a conversational theatrical kind of way it was it was a really good concept i think it was really well executed as well um the acting in it is all very good the um I think the, the the time of their various lives that it's portraying was all quite pivotal points as well. Mm. Um, so I think it was it was a really good dramatization of how that conversation could have gone if it was if it had happened. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I can hear it. I, I I very much enjoyed it. Um, I'd like to watch it again to to kind of absorb it a bit better i think i think you get kind of carried along by the story a little bit and to actually pay a little bit more attention to what's being said i'd like to rewatch it okay cool yeah good mark um i'd really like to yeah i thought i think it's it, it's fantastic um it, it's a 
it's a really classically made movie. Uh, you wouldn't think that. I mean, Regina King's been working as a, a director in in TV for um, for about a decade now. Um, so you, you know, she, she's she's not. It's a first feature film, but she's not. It's not like she's never directed anything before, and you can tell that she's honed her craft there. Um, and that um, I would like that. You know, the performances are great. Like the fact that it's not. I have an issue whenever a, a movie is based on a play comes out, because what you always get is people will go, people will say, "Oh, at the point it's very staging," yeah, um, and it feels you know you, you can tell you watch it based on the play, and I'm always like, "But if if you didn't know it's based on the play, would you say that?" I don't think you would, no. because let's say for instance, if you take Inglorious Bastards and you said to somebody. Right, who, who didn't know what is it? Quentin Tarantino just showed them the film. Went, oh, it's based on the play, by the way. At the end of it, they go, yeah, you can tell it's based on the play because it's quite stagey at points. <laughs> That's it. It, it. it is the laziest comment people can make on something that is based on a play. Or it's quite stagey. Yeah. Right, a lot of films are quite stagey. <laughs> um, so it, there's that. But I, I didn't get that from it. There's there's bits where there's it, it's very conversationally. But I like the fact that it builds to that moment and then gives you that moment and then you have that moment played out across places. Like you say, it, it's the it's the throwing together of ideologies that, that are there. Um, but it doesn't it's not it's not telling you off the movie. Mm. It's almost telling off its characters at points as well. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't portray them as being like like saints upon fucking Pedestal. No, and I, 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 Kings of Benadir, um coming out and doing uh, anybody doing Malcolm X. It, it's you're not just you're not just taking on Malcolm X. Mm. You're taking on Denzel Washington's Malcolm X at the <laughs> same time. Yeah. So you're almost taking on. You're going right. Well, I'm going to take on the character of Malcolm X. That's a big, huge character in 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 in, in you know political culture and especially in um, civil rights um, culture. And in black culture, you're also fucking taking on Denzel, who is also big in 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 movie culture and black culture, and he's fantastic in it. Mm. He gets the mannerisms there without it seeming like he's trying to do a Denzel uh, there. Yeah, all the performances are, are, are very very good, um, even down to Lance Reddick um, playing a, 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 an arsehole bodyguard. Yeah. Um, it, it is very good, but it's just it's it, that's it, quite interesting dynamic because you've obviously you've got Malcolm X who's obviously got doubts about what he's involved in, not the religion element of it, but the organisational element of it. And then mm. Brother Kareem is very much like he's just in. Oh yeah, he's, he's he he does not give a shit about the politics or anything like that. It's, mm. it, it's that's it. He's he's completely sold on it. Um, but he's Acting wise, I think it's fantastic. I think you could literally say that any of the four lead actors, yeah, that they're going to win awards. You wouldn't go, well, maybe that other one should have won something. It mm. literally is. They're all fantastic together. And for a movie, again, often like, um, like a lot of movies where it's a lot of people talking to each other, um, it's it's amazing how much just having motion with actors moving around 
can give you that much, can, can make it seem uh, more alive than it might be. What do you think, Ian? I've always fucking fantastic. Um, the stagey thing is interesting. I think Regina King does enough to make it not feel stagey, uh, though it is based on a stage play, um, which is written by uh, Ken Powers, I believe his name is, who actually co-directed Soul, which that I'm has me right. very fucking excited knowing that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Pete Doctor direct like directed Soul, and then he co-directed it. It's like considering what Soul is about, the guy who wrote One Night in Miami being very creatively involved in Soul. Yeah, okay, then fine. Um, but yeah, I, I I think she does enough. Um, you know, the opening twenty minutes or so, it is setting up the characters. Um, that you know, there are flashback sequences. It doesn't necessarily feel like an adaptation of a stage play. Um, and like I said before, like, and I I I I hate to say it because Regina King is a woman, but I I I think the major awards contention that this film will get will be the the four main actors. Um, but. I think Regina King is going to... It, it will be a filmmaking force. Uh, I think it's a very, very assured debut. And I think she gets some fucking great performances out of the actors. It's just, unfortunately, from an Academy point of view, I don't think there's enough flashiness to the film to stand her out, which is more a comment on them than her. Um, I think Aldous Hodges, Jim Brown, kind of ties the room together for me. Um yeah, definitely. Like he is not so. He's got that fucking startling scene at the start where. Oh God, yeah, fucking yeah. hell! Literally, it. it that's not expect, spoiler, but yeah. It, it happens, and you go, "Oh, oh, fuck!" It's it's, it's the nonchalant way it happens. Yeah. Which kind of makes you go. The clever thing about that, though, is the way that all the way through, the energy coming off of him isn't quite vibing with what the other person is bringing. Yeah. Like, it feels like there's something unsaid. And just when he's, he's like, opening up, then the other person kind of hits him with that one fucking sentence. Yeah. And it's amazing non-verbal acting going on there. Mm. Um, and then in the earlier parts of like the main conversations, he's not really a part of them. But then there's that sequence where he's in the bathroom overhearing what what the other the other two are talking about. And then he kind of brings himself into it more there, and then that seems to influence his kind of what his decision is going on. Um, I, I I think it's brilliant. I mean, um, Kingsley Benadir is is fantastic as well. I mean, like like you say, Mark, stepping into that fucking role and just like, yeah, yeah uh, amazing. I I love how fucking geeky he is about the camera. Yeah, <laughs> like about that camera, it's amazing. I mean, I mean, like that. 
I, I, I think they all do a terrific job. You know, I, I, uh, Leslie Odom Jr. I think gets a couple of standout scenes rather than being a consistent like presence in the film. Um, but it, it, his standout stuff is the kind of stuff the best supporting actor is made of. Yeah. Um, you know the. I don't want. I you know people say they want a piece of pie. Uh, the pie. I want the recipe. It's a fucking great line, and it's a, it, it, it's, it's it's a great line. But that line is is only a great line if somebody can deliver it properly. Yeah. And yeah. Just get the 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 bang that he gets with it, and it, it is such a oh well played, mate. Yeah. It's just the way the way the dialogue ebbs and flows. Sorry, Bex. Out of my Siri. Out of my Siri. Oh, sorry. It just the the way the dialogue ebbs and flows there, like the cop, the 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 the, the argument that he's having, and the kind of like the verbal, the verbal sparring. You know, it, it's it's incredible. You know, I it, it you know it, it's I I I'd love to see the stage version of this, but I'm glad I've seen this version of this. Um, and it's inside baseball a little bit, but for some reason they added another showing uh, on the LFF virtual screenings. I've got no idea why, but it was almost like the studio was just like, we want as many fucking people to see this as humanly possible because it's a fucking great film. I, I think part of that is because, like you said, I think it's that because it's Amazon. They, they, it, it's paid for. If that makes sense, it's the, the, Amazon aren't with are in this movie. This movie essentially has been it's been bought by Amazon, so it's already in profit. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I, 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 so that that's the thing. It's like as soon as we were told, like, okay, it's also playing Saturday. I did Wolf Walkers, got a coffee, and went to this, and it was like. That like three and a half, four hours or so just left me so fucking energized about cinema. Hell of a fucking day Saturday, and I watched UB Halloween. So, you know. But no, I mean in in, in all seriousness, it's a, a a terrific bit of work is one night in Miami, and I wish it all the best. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it's a Five out of five for me. It, it, yeah. It's definitely yeah. shit. Um, I, like I say, I, I would really like to see Regina King get um, some credit for it from a directing point of view because I think it's... I think the way that she manages to make a film that is essentially quite static... A movement. ...feel as, 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 like you said, before live um, yeah. as, it, as it does, there's, I think is a really... It's, it's, it's not an easy feat. There's no point where once you get into the the bulk of the conversation mm. once they get into the hotel room there there's no point where at, at, at any point one person one of them is in shot isn't moving mm-hmm. the majority of the time they're talking to moving but there's occasional bits where they're, where they're, they're sat down but whenever someone's talking they're moving around if someone's sat down and you're seeing them somebody's moving around behind them so it constantly has the feeling of of motion that something's happening and something's building yeah. and the whole thing is supposed to be that these guys are going to be the people that will make things happen yeah. and yeah. Will make things move um, and to, to, to varying degrees they they did and they didn't 
and that that's that's the other thing. It doesn't. It's not interested with the fact that within six months of the events that are happening here, um, two of them are going to be dead. Um, and so it, it, it's not interested in putting that across. Even at the end, it doesn't try and put that across. Irish mother death. Malcolm X was assassinated, yeah. um, and uh, Sam Cooke was murdered. Oh, really? I in self-defence, but that's still disputed. Right. Yeah, he went a bit mental uh, and a allegedly attacked a uh, a hotel um, wood worker whilst naked, apparently washing. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, strange character. Yeah, I think I think it's another accomplishment of the film that for something that could be really quite dry. It's never boring. There is no baggy minute in this movie. And it's funny. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's entertaining yeah. with it. As Very well. entertaining. Um, and I think that a lot of that is uh, Elijah um, Gorey, is it? Gorey, yeah. Um, he plays um, Cassius Clare. Yeah. There. The fact that but he's never a cartoon character. He's never a cartoon version. He gets he gets fucking Cassius Clare down to a T. And he's got emotional weight within it as well. But also... He has that purpose mm. uh, levity. And he could be a really shitty, what is it, that guy there going, hang on a minute, this is supposed to be a good time, this is supposed to be my party, this is yeah. supposed to be me, what is it? <laughs> but he's not. He's he's enjoying being with these people. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a really, it's a, a really, it's a heck of a piece of work, to be honest. They kind of portray Cassie's Clay as being a bit of a kind of golden retriever or a guy, don't they? Like a dog with its head out of a car window kind of character at points. He was like that. He was also the youngest of them right. by, uh, by by a, a distance hmm. at that point. Uh, and he was at the start of his career uh, um, there very much. So, you know, it's basically how he became Muhammad Ali. Um, so, yeah, it was, yeah, it's a really, it's a cracking film. And our, our audience poll definitely shit 75% and touching cop 25%. Just uh, reading a little bit about Sam Cooke and fucking hell, that sounded like a not great yeah, night. Wikipedia page as well. <laughs> yep, fucking hell. Um, which, yeah, okay, that's interesting. I suppose the way the film ends is kind of celebrating that he was able to get his voice heard yeah you maybe don't quite know about what happened there i mean it makes no effect to the film whatsoever because whatever happened in real life happened after the events of the film anyway so you know uh yeah interesting definitely not shit it's one of the films of the fucking year yeah <laughs> it's a fucking incredible bit of work um yeah Hey man, smokers for jokers. What's your problem? I got a problem? I think you got your problem. How we doing, guys? What's up, old man? Got some ID for that drink? What? Yeah, not on my watch. What the hell? Just for the best. And I think we are gonna dehydrate. Let's break that up. Watch it, GI jackass. You wanna die? Not yet. Uh, excuse me, Grandpa Thermos? You need to leave the party right now. Leave public property, I don't see that happening. Leave, or I'll beat you with a tire iron. You and whose army? Just me. And me. And me. 
and me. And definitely me. Let's kill him! Yeah! Yeah! Hang on. All right. I realize I might have gone too far for your teenage mental capacities, and that is a boner on my part. I don't think he knows what boner means. No, definitely not. When I was your age, I made some huge boners. Boners that I wish I could get back now. Listen, give me a minute head start, then tell him there's a kid stuck in the corn maze. And why am I doing that? Because I am going to scare the living crap out of him. Really? Does he scare easy? Yes. Yes, he does. So, do you know what else is an incredible bit of work? Yeah. Hubie Halloween is directed by Steve Brill and stars Adam Sandler, Julia Bowen, uh, Steve Buscemi, fucking Ray Liotta, uh, Ben Stiller's in there, uh, fucking David Spade, Kevin James, all the all the motherfuckers. So, Hubie Halloween. Is the uh, no. Who's the, fuck, who's the one who's not David Spade? Rob who was Steepish, Rob Schneider. That's yeah. it. That's you, it. You do think it's going to be David Spade all the way through it until he takes off. What is it? And you go, no, it's it's Rob. It, it, it's old Schneider. Yeah, yeah. So, Adam Sandler is back following last year's surprise good film, Murder, murder Mystery. Uh, I did just say Adam Sandler then, didn't I? Yeah, I thought it said Rob Schneider. Uh, sorry, fuck you now. Um, Hubie, played by Adam Sandler, is a well-meaning tattletale who just wants to keep everybody safe. But everybody's not safe. And it's down to Hubie to work out who is the person who is making people not safe. Mark, Hubie Halloween. How many Oscars does it deserve? Four. Great stuff. Uh, Hubie Halloween has no right to be this entertaining um, and this good, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a good Adam Sandler film. It's, it's a good time. It's a good film. It's funny. It's... Um, it's got a lot of kind of like repeat jokes that just continue to make you laugh uh, throughout it. His thermos is fucking brilliant. The fact that it just it, it just keeps having all these various things to do. Um, you've got really turning up and being a really is always brilliant when he does this and turns up in these comedy roles and just comes in with just an amazing amount of energy uh, there. Uh, the bit when fucking he goes to the it, Adam Sandler's reaction when he goes into the uh, radio station and sees Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> is fantastic. <laughs> um, it's it's a really good time and people should fucking just take their thumb out their ass a little bit and actually fucking enjoy something and not dislike something because they feel like they should dislike it. It's fun, and I, I, I maintain it, it's good. If you if you think this is sh- shit, Adam Sandler, then please spend two and a bit hours with Sandy Wexler. Yes, you do. 
Uh, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's a good time, this UV Halloween. It's fun. It will become an every Halloween watch. Ah, what do you think of it, Max? I, do you know what? I actually really enjoyed it. Um, it. It has its issues for me, and the issues that it has were the issues that I expected it to have. Um, and But it didn't have the issues. It didn't have any others. The story was good. It was quite sweet. It was quite funny. Steve Buscemi was great. Really ought of terrifying. Just, just in general, really, I could, could smile at a smell in a flower, and it'd be terrifying. So that's just part of the course. They would literally laugh at it, go, "You're not great," and it would just <laughs> terrify you. Yeah, flower would die. Yeah. Um, All of that species of flower would die. And you know, what? it's it's a fun story. It's a fun Halloween movie, and <laughs> you with you saying like it, it'll become an every Halloween watch for me. It. It would for me, but for one thing, and that's Adam Sandler's performance. His choice to do that voice and that face throughout the movie are what I expected to have an issue with and what I did have an issue with. And there's bits where he really, really does it and they're kind of shit. And then there's bits where it's kind of toned down a bit. And then at that point, the story can kind of come through a bit more and grow and the funny moments can come through and grow. The, the, the fact, the, the bits with the, the, the town townsfolk throwing stuff at him that gradually get more and more <laughs> violent and dangerous throughout the movie is just fucking hilarious. <laughs> we Somebody throws a flaming spear at him. <laughs> it's it's just funny. And yeah, I, I, I think it, it could have been a bit of a Halloween classic but for that performance. But I did really enjoy it. I think that I think about halfway through making this movie, mm. I think that they went, hang on a minute, this is really fucking good. Mm. Whereas I don't think that always happens with Adam Sandler movies. It is a little bit like, ah, oh, we don't really have to give a shit because we've already been paid for it. Um, mm. Whereas with this, I, I do think that, that they thought, do you know what, we might have something here. Mm. Um, but yeah, Ian, go on. Uh, just, yeah. just one last thing before Ian takes over. The kids were all really good in it as well. Yeah. I think they were great, like little supporting characters. They're, they're, the the personalities that they were given for this movie were were good. Sorry, Ian, go on. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, it it's Sandler doing kind of sweet idiot, which is the way that Sandler should always do things. Uh, quite frankly, um, well, I say that's the way that Sandler should always do things. I, you know, he's fun. Um, can anyone tell I've had quite a bit to drink tonight? No. 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 Something. You're doing all right. You got this. I'm trying. I, no, I mean, I, I think Sandler being the innocent, sweet guy, if you're going to tie it with comedy that's as goofy as this, is the way to go. If he's going to be, holy shit, I'm going to come, then he needs to be a fucking skeezy sleazebag in a film that knows he's a skeezy sleazebag. That's what yes. Uncut Gems is. You guys still haven't seen Uncut Gems, have you? No, we need to watch that this week. Fuck's sake. I Maybe just. Yeah. 
We'll watch Uncooked Gems if you watch Queen and Slim. What, and then we just, like, review them next week? Yeah. Dial! I will... I will watch both of them quite happily. I've been looking forward to an excuse to rewatch Uncut Gems because I watched it on Boxing Day night last last year and I was fucked. <laughs> nice. So I'm really looking forward to what ah oh, that film, that film. It's a special film. Um, but yeah. So if this is what Sandler wants to do now, to be honest, I'm kind of okay with it. Um, the the thing is with Sandy Wexler and what was the one he did with Chris Rock the night uh, uh, week of the week of where they're just the laziest fucking oh, yeah. like Jesus Christ like some effort went into Hubie Halloween like regardless of whether you think that effort was well placed there was effort there it's sweet all it wants to do is be fun and then it gets the fuck out of there. That's it. You know. The thing is, of the. So, what is it? The, 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 the Netflix ones that he's done, and we're taking out Uncut Gems because it's a slightly different one to the, yeah. the, 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 the Sandler contract ones that he's re entered into a new contract with them. But um, with them, Hugh Halloween's a good time. Yes, and Murder Mystery, I thought, was a good time. But Weekov's not great, and Sandy Wex wasn't great, but the do-over was fun. So they've been okay movies. They've been fun times to watch, mm. with the exception of the Weekov and Sandy Wexler. I don't think I've seen either of those. You don't have to. Mm. No, I mean, th- this is the thing. I mean, those films were contractual fulfilment the movie. <laughs> Uh, like I mean, seriously, the week of is fucking embarrassing. I mean, God knows what Chris Rock was doing there, unless Adam Sandler was like, "You be in this film, we'll give you a couple million dollars to help with your divorce bills." I think that's literally what it was. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't be surprised, and I'm sure Chris Rock thanks Adam Sandler every day for it. But that film is fucking boring. It's awfully fucking shot like if i remember correctly the entire film takes place in a house um hubie halloween it looks like a movie you know the plot is essentially halloween for a while which i liked um and i i yeah i i but kevin james gets to be really funny in it yeah yeah <laughs> kind of unrecognizable yeah, as well up and he's like what are you a muppet yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that whole thing about him being a Muppet was brilliant. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> it's just silly fun. And people who are being all out against it, just, ugh, fucking uh, hell, man. There's what enough I will wrong say 2020. Is, UB Halloween's not it. Yeah, it is. I wonder how many people who are all out against it have actually watched it. Yeah. I mean, they, they, you know, they, to be fair, Netflix say if you watch the first 10 minutes, you've watched it. So they probably say, well, I've watched it by the Netflix definition. <laughs> but hey, Steve Buscemi is as a man who thinks he's a werewolf. Oh, guy, he's so good in it. He's so funny in it. I, I did like the revelation that he's not actually a werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's a werewolf. That's fucking brilliant. Yeah. 
<laughs> and he just continues thinking he's a werewolf. And making a little whining noise and trying to lick people. <laughs> <laughs> the outtakes at the end are funny as well. Yeah. Yeah, good credits, eh? Yeah. Yep. Really ought to uh, going, uh, going essentially to fuck with Hubie because he struck out with that girl. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that he actually says that as well. <laughs> yeah, that's that's brilliant. It's fucking glorious. Oh, man, I like that movie. It is fun. I just wish Sandler would fucking rein himself in sometimes. But, but I, I, I think he's he's sweet enough within it. Well, he's he's oh he's this simple soul who just wants to be good. Oh, I'll do I'll do like a you know a, a bit of special needs voice then. No no I don't because that that just makes it problematic. Yeah, I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm gonna stick my chin out like this because this is what I imagine people like that look like. Right again, a bit problematic, Adam. That's you know that's probably you know not the tone we wanting to go for. Just be a sweet guy. Now I'm gonna do the voice. Don't but, need it. He doesn't need it. But then there's, there's, there's the bit with the grappling hook from his thermos and he hits the tree. The yeah, fu- I, I appreciate that. The what fucking running gag of the Swiss Army thermos. <laughs> fucking the, when he gives rough. them to kids at the end as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. One's a flare gun. Flare gun. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's oh. just a really good time. I, I fuck it. I, I really enjoyed Hubie Halloween. I think I give it four stars on Letterboxd. And I stand by those four stars. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think 100% fair enough. I think I went three and a half, and I'm fine with that. That's absolutely A-OK. Good work, Hubie Halloween. Yeah. Our audience poll, 33% of people um, are, are, are good people. Yeah. Um, 17% of people are all right people. And 50% of people just need to just, you know... Just cheer up. Just cheer up. Like, I was properly expecting to hate this film. Yeah, literally, I, I, I forced it. you to watch it. You did force me to watch it. I really enjoyed it. Good. So you should listen to Mark. I mean, not not often. Most You're not often right when I they mean, say it. Yeah. Not really. All the time. Never. When it comes to Never comedy. really. Like, 0.01% of the time. Not when it comes to comedy. No, you like shit comedy. Yes, you are correct. You are very rarely correct when it comes to comedy. We have a question. Oh, is um, it from Rick Kid at Rick JK? It is indeed, yes. <laughs> a live-action remake of Akira has been mooted for years, but never appeared. What animated film would you like to see a live-action version of? My neighbour Totoro, Danny DeVito, is Totoro. I don't know because the only. But if that happened, Ian, I want Danny DeVito to make his own Totoro costume. <laughs> Ray Liotta is cat boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That yeah, would work. Right, <laughs> I don't know because any film I'm going to pick, I'm going to, it's going to be an animated film that I really love and then I wouldn't want it to be fucked with. I think you could do a really good version of, and hear me out on this, of. Essentially, watership down, but set it amongst some kind of um, project political landscape. Are they still rabbits? They're not rabbits anymore, though. No. Oh, okay. They're like people. Yeah. Like fully adapted. To yeah. Like a... Yeah, to the story ideas mm. about it and have it set out 
uh, as, as people trying to get from a place to another better place. But there's a fucking crazy fucking general trying to fucking kill him on the way there. Trying to think. Do you know what? Probably something along the lines of like the Freaker. I'd, I'd like to see a live action. I mean, Inception. Version. Not Inception. It's a lot more magical than Inception. But then he's gonna. He's batshit in it. It's like Spirited Away, but no, because it's too batshit and it, it looks stupid. I don't know. I like the magic of animation. I, I, I think you can set the story elements to things, though. Hmm. Like I did. You did with your yeah. magnificent idea. With my better idea. Muppet Babies. Fucking live-action Muppet Babies. Yeah. That's a fucking horror movie. In it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's nightmare fuel. Yeah. Muppet Babies was nightmare fuel as it was. But not, not like real little... Like that real answer, but like little children wearing pig heads, like and actual like pig heads. heads. Yes, why not? Yeah, yeah, that's it. I'm going with that. Fucking hell, <laughs> that's gonna be terrifying. Yeah, right, brilliant. What's that? Um, it's a horror movie we watched not so long back, and it's based around a kids' TV show. Banana Splits. That was it. Yeah, that was fucking weird, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was. I watched that again. He reviewed that from under a table, I believe. Yeah, I did. It was like midnight in that brood dog in fucking um, wherever Carlisle. the fuck Jordan got married, Carlisle. That was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he reviewed it from under a table. There's some good Ian under table pictures kicking around out there, isn't there? There is, yeah. Well, where's that one from? Where he's just like peeping his head? That was the. Was that, that, night? that was the night. Good picture, that Ian. Solid. What? A good picture. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. What are we covering next week, Ian? What are you guys doing LFF-wise over the next week? Working. Uh, <laughs> I'm, we're hoping to do... Uh, it, I, I, I'm, I'm unsure if I can get What's It Done Tomorrow at American Utopia. And it on? I don't know. It's like 10.45 or something? I will get that done tomorrow. Um... What else is on this week? There's something on it, though. Um, so, I'm hoping to do American Utopia, but may, it um, might not happen. Nomadland, Possessor, Portrait Possessor, of Possessor, we'll be doing Possessor. Nice. And Portrait of a Winslet on Ronan. Um, Lovers Rock, the other Steve McQueen one. That's not Mangrove or the or Red, White and Blue. I'm hoping to watch that. So you guys are gonna do Possessor? Possessor, definitely, yeah. Um and uh I was hoping to do American Utopia, but it's unlikely because of work. Possessor, um and um I'm curious about friendship's death. Oh, uh, it's uh old Tilda Swinton film that's got a restoration so enjoy it yeah so we'll do a group review of Possessor I think yes um Nomadland was interesting because Inside Baseball again but you had to apply for a fucking ticket for that one 
Why? Yeah. I don't know. Odd that one, wasn't it? Very fucking weird. Um, but yeah, I'll be I'll be seeing that Friday morning. So um, we'll have some more LFF catch up content. Uh, Trial of the Chicago Seven is on Netflix this weekend. Yep. Um, and Rebecca is supposed to be playing in cinemas this week before it's on Netflix next week. But if I can see it, I will. But I don't think I'm going to be able to. Do you know what I am planning on rewatching this week? What? Tenet. Oh, yeah. Nice. I'm finally going to fucking do Tenet for a second time. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's just like, I was looking at the schedule. It's like, I want to go to the cinema this weekend. It's literally, there is nothing but Tenet. So why not? Hang on, have you already seen Tenet once? Yep. On a smaller screen from further away. Yes, I 100% need to see it further away. I'll say that. Jesus wept. So, yes, we shall, we shall, we shall talk about a great many things next week. And we're also going to watch Queen and Slim. I'll be angry with you. Queen and Slim. And Uncut Gems. And Uncut Gems. Remind me, please. <laughs> and... We shall we we shall talk about a great many things next week. We'll also be recording the Fincher show at some point because my OCD. I'm currently halfway through Alien, and then I'm going to watch Aliens, and then I'm going to watch Alien Three. I kind of want to do that too, but I don't think you'll go for it, will you? No. I've seen Alien enough times. Seen Alien enough times. There I've seen go. Aliens enough times. And so Alien Three more than I've seen Alien or Aliens. <laughs> So, Bex can go ahead and watch Alien Aliens. <laughs> you can both watch Alien 3. And then I'm going to watch Alien Resurrection and Prometheus and Alien Covenant. <laughs> why would you hurt yourself in that way? I know. Because uh, why would you... Why, stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. <laughs> uh, are you saying in the next couple of weeks that we're going we're gonna to talk about Prometheus again? Again? <laughs> yeah. It, it might, yeah, it might well happen. We'll, we'll end into probably like our 49th hour of talking about Prometheus. It's, um, it does make me laugh that like Donna's overriding memory of us all being together is Don, Bex and Claire just sitting away from us while we went really deep into Prometheus and called Jordan. <laughs> and we didn't even fucking record it. Gosh, yeah, we did, yeah. Fucking hell. Because wasn't it like Bex? Wasn't it you guys were sat outside? Yeah, I think and so. And we yeah. were just, just inside fucking talking about fucking Prometheus. Oh, God, those were some days. I think the next day, I think we were, um, we, we got up and Claire came out um, to us. I think we were sat having a coffee and went, hang on a minute, are you still talking about that movie? Yeah. We all look yeah. fucking nerds, innit? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I just realised that comment could be taken a different way. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I thought you were. That's why I thought you meant. Yeah. yeah. No, I was just calling you a fucking nerd.
I'm not doing it. I help you though. Yeah, you do help me, but then scary things happen. We actually so... broke off halfway through Hubie Halloween the other day because Matt was like, Ian's streaming, do you want to watch? I was like, yeah, I better do. Uh, well, well, thank you, but I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. We will be streaming the Resident Evil 2 board game at some point. Andrew Jones has said, yes, he will come along and be the fourth player, even though he doesn't have the board game. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So bless you, Andrew. Um, But yes, Andrew will be Leon Kennedy. Uh, Can we maybe send him the instructions? Yeah. I'm sure we can download a PDF of it from somewhere. Yeah, we'll sort it out. It'll be fine. Um, and uh, so yes, we will be streaming the Resident Evil Two board game. Fuck knows how it's going to work, but we're going to try it. Um, that will be out before Halloween. We're going to be doing the Fincher show. We're going to have to fucking really cram them in. I think. You yep. know. Then again, do you know what? None of the fucking cinemas are going to be open in November. We'll just wait for Netflix mank in December. We've got time. We're going to be fine. We're all good. We'll be fine. Um, Goodbye. It's been nearly three hours. So, patreon.com forward slash filmbastards for that content that we just talked about. If you don't want to pay for it, that's absolutely fine. You don't get it and you don't love us. So, that's also (laughs) absolutely fine. We get it. It's tough times, you know. Everybody's going through the fucking ringer a little bit, and we get it, but we're still not going to give you that stuff for free because the people who pay for it deserve it because they are champions. We love you all. And Mark will jerk you off. I will do that. Is that, is that patron-only patron content? It is, yeah, no, yeah. 100% it's patron-only content. $2 a month. Yeah, and we're not we're not going to do like a $5 Mark Jerk bracket. It's just no. $2 a month. No, it's just part of the line, it's part of the basic package. Yeah. Yeah, at some point in your life, when you least expect it, Mark will jerk you off. Yeah. <laughs> just come up behind you and just like start jerking you off. Uh, he'll co- he'll co- choreograph it in such a way that no one will ever know yeah. unless you he'll react. Whisper. He'll whisper every patron gets one in your ear. Yeah. Yeah, because that's how jerking off works. Yeah, he's stood behind you in this scenario. Oh, fuck. I thought, Bex, I just thought you meant that Mark just has to come in your ear or something. (laughs) Um, That's not what I was getting at. It's the only way you can get it up. Like... (laughs) Bye! Bye! It's crazy when thing you love the most is the detriment let that sink in you can think again when the hand you wanna hold is a weapon in in nothing but skin oh cause i keep digging myself down deeper i won't stop till i get where you are i keep running i keep running i Oh
Warning signs can feel like the butterflies. Syndicate Valley. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.